Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hot Singles, a music podcast. I'm Autumn. I'm joined, as always, by Regs. Hello. And Buchanan. Hey! Uh, we're here uh, to talk about music, as always. Nothing. Uh, there's been no interruptions in your service. Nope. <laughs> totally clean service. A to B. Perfect. It's, it's the way it's always been. You've never heard it otherwise. And What are you talking about? I've never heard of those people who guessed it on our podcast. Who are they? Um, we're here. We're going to talk about three albums. I don't know if we've announced the three albums on Twitter. That's probably we did fine. Not. Who cares? I was I was planning on doing it today, but we we'll, we'll do that in a minute. Um, we got some those, good ones. The three albums, and we're going to just cover these in order. My pick was uh, "Night Clubbing" by Grace Jones. Regs's pick was um, "Vespertine" by Bjork, and then uh, Boo's pick was. Um, Floral Shop by Macintosh Plus. I had to remind myself which was the artist and which was the album for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't help that Vec has like um, uh, lowball Mo- 700 aliases. <laughs> Somehow more aliases than MF Doom, which is impressive. It's, it's genu- you know. genuinely. Um, I, it, 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 are any of them the real Vectorate? Who knows? Um, <laughs> that, that This is a bad bit we should abort. Um, do you want to talk about Grace Jones? Yeah. Should we just get into it? Yeah.
I've got a quick story to tell about this album. Um, so, Grace Jones, 1981 album, Nightclubbing. Uh, it's a good fucking album. Um, a couple days ago, um, Nora and I were watching Conan the Barbarian. And I said, oh shit, Grace Jones is in the next movie. Um, and Nora was like, who's that? And I was like, uh, she's an actor and a singer, I think? Um, and I realized I didn't actually really know who Grace Jones was. So I picked this album because I listened to one song. I was like, oh, that's good. We'll just do that for hot singles. So. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, that, good. That's, that's, a, that's a good reason to pick a Grace, Grace Jones record. Um, have you watched Conan the Destroyer? I haven't, but like, I can, I can imagine I... What, what's up. I have not. We're going to... We were going to do a podcast about Conan the Barbarian first, um, and that didn't happen. Um, so we'll probably get to it sooner or later, and then after that, we will move on to Conan the Destroyer. So Cool. Uh, just let's bring everyone up to speed. I'm dropping Grace Jones and Old Schwarzenegger in the chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at these two. Incredible. Just look at them. <laughs> She looks so good. She looks extraordinary. It's, it is it is impossible how good Grace Jones looks at any given time. <laughs> so I, I mean, like this is the this is an opportunity. To, like, who the fuck is Grace Jones? I guess, right? Yes, yes. So she's a Jamaican model, and like, well, I think starts off her life as a model, moves yes. to the US, and immediately becomes like it girl or like scene girl for like the like mid late seventies like disco and club scene does mm-hmm. a bunch of cabaret stuff like moves into music like fixture at a bunch of the like famous clubs of like late seventies early eighties New York and then like slowly turns into like high art culture and fashion like mainstay while switching her music sound from disco towards this stuff like yeah nightclubbing is where she stops being a disco diva and starts being like the 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 muse of isimiyaki and every like androgynous leaning fashion designer on the planet Mm -hmm. um there's definitely like disco dna running through this record but um it's not quite that like i've heard some of her other songs like i've heard her uh version of la vie en rose which is like Mm much more singing this uh, the, her singing on this record is very understated um, yes in a in a way that like it seems like her earlier stuff is not that <laughs> yes so like just jumping straight into it there are multiple ways to do camp um mm-hmm. grace jones isn't always merely just camp like often she's incredibly straightforwardly like high art and confrontational and great because of that um people can like in their design lean into that in awesome ways but like Often old disco divas appeal to the gays because they lean into a sense of like ostentatious and ridiculous and indulgent, like romantic glory. Um, Mm -hmm. And often that comes across as camp. Another way of doing camp is like um, highly articulated, posy, um, like, uh, like drawl and um, lowballing basically. And, like, this feels like she's moved to the second form of camp in a lot of places. Because, like, we haven't yet got into... She is just, like, fashion icon. I still mm-hmm. think she's, like, playing character a lot of the time. It's just a very fucking cool character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, did you, did either of you, um, I saw this last night and I just felt like this is like the entire record in like five minutes. Have you seen the music video for, um, pull up to the bumper? Yes. I have not. It's so good. It's just, um, like Grace Jones is like face superimposed over like, um, sped up, uh, footage of like cars driving at night. Um, and it's just the entire album in like three minutes, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it starts off, like, the, the first thing you get is, like, a shutter screen rising on her striking this, like, wide stride pose. And, like, is it just, we have to talk about her as a thing, as a, mm-hmm. thing, as a person to look at. She is mm-hmm. astounding. Oh, yeah, my she's God. she's incredible. It's, uh, it's uh, Grace Jones, it's, I want to say, it's, there's, there's a very certain, like, benchmark that, like, artists, uh, are, are able to to like bypass and it's like the the threshold where it's like they they're in the core canon of like style and image and control of both yes uh, are very clearly competent and that's when people in like YouTube comments of the videos uh go like she terrified mere mortals female version of <laughs> Bowie the ultimate dominant Jamaican queen goddess she is a legend um we're just, uh, where yeah. it's like it's it's the 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 intent and clarity with Grace and the 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 ability mm-hmm. the, the way she was able to protect her image and continue to stay defiant. Yes, um, it's that is that is that is what really shines through. Uh, and n- night clubbing is early, but it is it is also an all fucking cap statement. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, the, the the warm leather right is the record before this, and she's like moving in this direction by that time. Um, Nightclubbing, I think, just like I think it hits hard enough that like you can't help but take notice about the way this like warps how pop stars present themselves. Like the the like the the, the YouTube comment handily says female Bowie, and like I get it, I get the comparison. The point is, like, Bowie was, like, leaning on a template of, not camp, but, like, ridiculous or characterful rock, like, glam rock, to, like, Mm -hmm. allow him the space to do his thing. Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. Grace, no one was doing, like, uh, well, I say this. People, avant-garde people have obviously been doing this, but, like, no one was being a pop star by dragging avant-garde style into their act and making that the statement about who they were. And there's yeah. like something distinctly 80s and distinctly, like, novel about, like, who the person doing it is. Like, it has to be someone coming out of, like, the New York avant-garde scene with, like, that combination mm-hmm. of, like, disco and cabaret who does this. It has to be someone like Grace Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and it feels like... yeah. It feels like there is a, a a direct line from like this to like every rapper wearing Gucci now. Um, oh yeah, like the way that she just like brings the fashion into the music, and you can hear like the things that she's wearing just through like the the sound waves. Like <laughs> I I just feel like that um, is like directly inspirational to like every like. You know, James Harden walking around in um, a big fuck off coat that just says Balenciaga a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's they're they're letting the pieces wear them. Yes. <laughs> the difference though is Grace Jones has the greatest cheekbones in the history of mankind. So. It's true. Truly. Yeah. Truly. 
Um, but yeah, just like the sort of like origin point for this in my head is literally this image of um, her and Andy Warhol both together in Studio 54. Like this is like, this is the passing of the baton. This is the like the good, the, oh the, the like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you this get what I mean? This is a great photo. This is a great photo. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there are um, there are more just like the the side by side of the whole image. It's Warhol uh, looks like an onion, like a British onion on the right. <laughs> <laughs> it is so hard to like look at Andy Warhol and remember that he's like a person who like matters to the history of art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! Andy, Andy aged about as well as like James Murphy is continuing to right now. <laughs> <laughs> just slowly, just disintegrating these, from these the two out. guys. These two guys love to get old. Oh my word! <laughs> to be honest, like he didn't have the best of health, and I think he also at one point did very much get like half murdered by Valerie Solanas. Like those are things that happened true. in That's his life. That's very true. So you know. <laughs> What was it? 1968, uh, Solana shoots him. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't doing ma- marvelous after that. Um, but yeah, like, what what is it like in 1979 in the Paradise Garage or in Studio 54 when, like, the grandees of the New York avant-garde art scene are handing over to, like, the, the, like, the club divas who actually figured out that they could control their image and master it and direct mm-hmm. it in ways that, like, far outstripped what the, like, 60s uh, pop-up people could ever imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this is the thing. This is like you're hearing it. You're hearing it. Um, There's part of the DNA of this album is that like cabaret origin because like I think it's Mm -hmm. like four out of the nine tracks in the record are covers. Like there's a pop song, Demolition Man's a police track, Walking in the Rain. Have you heard the original of Walking in the Rain? No, I had not. So Walking in the Rain is a cover, which means that she did not like write the lyric. Um, looking, uh, feeling like a woman, looking like a man. Like that is mm-hmm. an Australian dude wrote that lyric, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, and this song is incredible, except for the fact he's got a terrible Australian accent trying to do his cool like drawl. I did. I saw that someone else um, had written that. I assumed that it wasn't a cover. I assumed that someone had just written that for Grace. No, nah, no, no. This. Is, Oh, this, this is track, a lot. This track is incredible, except for the fact that the guy's got such a broad Australian accent, and it's, you know, it is the thing it is. Um, this I is what it would have been like if we did The Streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly very indignant about Autumn's appreciation of accents. <laughs> Uh, sidebar um, we were before we changed one of the picks going to do original pirate material by the streets guilty um, <laughs> Autumn could not tell that the man in the street that, like, that, Mike, that Skinner, Mike, Mike Skinner was a white guy I listened to it once and I was high I'm not taking responsibility for that it's, I will say one that's the best way to listen to original pirate material I think it is a, it is a great <laughs> album to like get stoned and think about like dude like it's the the status of dude too. Yeah, um, but, but the point. No, this is the thing. Like, if you think about dudes, like an essential feature of the dude is his whiteness. Like, this is yes. like what the album is fucking about. Okay, we'll get into yeah. this later. I want this pick to come back. We will roast um, properly then. But until then, you know. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> there we go. Australian queers, not Mike Skinner, but also not Grace Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who on this world is, truly? Truly. Truly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, so that, that was the thing. Like, there's a, there are a bunch of covers on this record and lot, like feels like a... The ability to, like, take something people know and twist it into, like, something that is much more singular. Like, it's not a deficit of creativity that's the reason she's doing covers. It's the fact that she's, like, saying, no, look at me doing my version of this thing that is, like, really fucking compelling. Um, can we talk about Pull It to the Bumper? Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking good song. <laughs> it's all time. I heard that song beep, and I was like, beep, oh, beep, we should just beep, do this for the song. For the record, or for the podcast, yeah, it's it's so good. It's like I, it's the uh, sorry if I can interject here. Um, yeah, of the course. Uh, like the I I don't know what noise it is, but it's like it's it's like a guitar chug, but it's like with a p like a synth or something. Yeah, can we get a timestamp so I can drop the clip in. It's it's at like the very it's like it's. It's it, you just put on like pull up to the bumper at the start. You'll hear it immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, like, okay. I'm like listening to the start of the track. I'm like, yeah, I know this. Oh man, yeah. that's like it's what is the, that? That's awesome. Like, <laughs> uh, the like the super tight palm muting, basically. I think that's, yeah. I think that's what you mean. Yeah, it's oh, it's it, it's it's like some it 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 has to be like a string instrument. Definitely like, oh man, it's crazy. Like that's that's that is a that's a. I, I feel like a I feel like a like Dave Grohl in any number of like music documentary where he's like that and that that was a wicked sound wow incredible because <laughs> he's a good sport about everything yeah that, to be honest the other thing that Dave Grohl does is to like is basically say like yeah I just listened to a bunch of disco records and stole stuff like yeah it's the other thing he says all the time yep. so um, but yeah so like we just talk about the track like it's a disco track basically it's a funk track but. Mm-hmm. It's also pulled back. It's the most restrained and cool and in control, like, like funk disco track that I, you ever hear. Like, it's a track about the club, not for the club. And, like, that's perfect. This is the track I want to listen to on the way to the club. And then, yeah. like, put back on on the way home. Um, yeah. This track rules so much. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Just how, like, tiny and careful and, like, mm-hmm. well, like, placed. Um all the like harmonic elements are like the little chorus guitar, the little jangle chorus guitar. It's just like almost like cheeky in the way it like it sits just in the side of the mix there. Like, whoa. Uh. And it just, it just reinforces like, because everything is so precise on this record, like it just reinforces the like composed controlled, like Grace Jones image of like, she is in charge of all of this, yeah. you know? <laughs> and the thing she's decided to do with all this control is like inherently very like cheeky and like sly and is literally just like explicitly talking about anal sex. So <laughs> I mean like it's that's I <laughs> goals like <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah. I th- it, just trying to trying to compose myself like what can you say about the song it's like just fucking listen to it just internalize what this song is mm-hmm. oh my god grease it spray it let me lubricate it 
<laughs> I did have a moment um, yesterday sitting on the couch playing Ridge Racer, and I just started like singing along to the song, and Nora just like hears me say, "Let me lubricate it," and she's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Uh, uh, so, uh, so like the the the, the like straightforwardly horny bit. Well, mm-hmm. the whole the whole fucking track is that. The the, the like post chorus, the like pull up to it, don't drive through it, back it up twice. Now that fits nice, like delivered impeccably. But like that's supposed to be the like put the put the hi hat on the offbeat. Like that's the disco bit, and it still sounds like the most like controlled. Like are you, I'm surprised if it is a disco beat, and I'm surprised about it because it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it is. It feels. So, so like pleasant and like sure of itself in such a cocky way. And uh, oh, the, 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 the way it's translated like disco forms and like hints of what this track could be if it was like three years prior into mm-hmm. like a new wave funk track is just excellent. Well, and um, so one of the songs that I like a lot less on this album is um, Demolition Man. But then I listened uh, to the, the the like original Sting version of that song, and Grace Jones just like kicks the shit out of yep. Sting. <laughs> yup, yeah. <laughs> just embarrasses him. She's so much better than fucking Sting. Um, Why and I don't? I not... didn't even. Oh, sorry, yeah. it's I. It's I was just. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just. No. This 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 hit me, and I need to vocalize this. How come Grace Jones was never in Guitar Hero? That's a great fucking question. Like, Sting was in Guitar Hero. He was in Guitar Hero 4, World Tour. Grace Jones should have been in instead. But, I mean, now as I now as I do say that, it's, you know, it's like all the controversy about Guitar Hero, about, like, artists not being able to control image. I And now that I do also think about it, uh, Jimi Hendrix... The uh, the estate had approved use of his likeness in there, but that uh, that got a lot of flack when mm-hmm. that was happening. And that's that is definitely it's Grace Jones would look at a situation like that and be like, I am above this and then leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I, Grace Jones can choose who and how she works with people like that is just yep. the right yeah. thing for Grace Jones to do. Yeah. Um, but I, also they should have put her in fucking Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should have done it. I want it. Um. But I get. I feel like there are so many iconic like images or outfits from Grace Jones's career that they would have found a way to like sensationalize her in a really shitty way. But mm-hmm. never mind. Um, yeah, like so. Like the rest of this track is a bunch of like a mix of it's new waveified reggae. Like that's that's the world we're, we're working in, right? And like, yeah, okay, yeah. Blow, bl- blowing up the police on their own spot, blowing up Sting on his own spot is like exactly the thing that she be, should be doing if that's her lane. Like. <laughs> like taking the white boys who like took these offbeat and um uh t- took the like snare on the two rhythms and like literally pantsing them is like the perfect way to go about like cra- crafting your sound <laughs> um yeah it's just a great record um yeah. i i don't know how much more i have to say about it but uh it's a good fucking album well, okay, so this is the point. Hey, yeah. Boo. Hi. I think it might. I think it might be time for Cover Watch. And oh, you think it's time for Cover Watch? I think it might be time for Cover Watch. Oh, then let's do some Cover Watch. Uh, 
Nightclubbing's cover art is the coolest shit of mm. all time. Yes. Of all time. <laughs> yes. It's I did a I did a thread uh, where I was talking about the best like my favorite cover art. And I, I got a bunch of like disparate picks in there. I got like Gravediggers, I got Yeezus, I have a uh, dismemberment mm. plan. Uh, lots of stuff. But I missed nightclubbing. And I I woke up that night so pissed off that I missed nightclubbing. Yeah. Uh, yep. this is I I think genuinely I do think in an in an objective list even even though mm-hmm. my opinion supports this in an objective list this is like top 10 greatest cover art of all time. Yeah. yeah. It's it great. is a It's incredible. 1981 painted photograph titled Blue Black in Black on Brown created in New York by Goad. Um it's the only image on the entire record. Like the back is just like the same like beige that Jones is in front of, but it's just like small text for the titles and stuff. Uh, I should also mention it's uh, the, the very bottom and like the, the liner as well has like, like all like the sample credits and like really, really tiny, like six point font, like the most necessary possible. Like it's just barely like skidging past. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Regs, you did post uh, in the, in the hot singles chat, you did post like this. What is that? Did I, did I like just space out and you were already talking about this or something? Like, no, I just. Oh, Autumn, um, you posted it. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I no. Just, I want. I wanted the high res version as well for 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 feature reference. Yeah, like, no. It's I, Autumn, I Autumn just... posted this one that looks like uh like a, a uh, cigarette package. Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's cigarette like those or... like those those office T-shirts that's like Jim and Pam and Michael and Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is the cover is... that's on Spotify. That's it's terrible. The reissue cover is just miserable. Like I don't that's... know why you would do that. That's terrible. That's so bad. That's literally and the fact that it's like doing that, doing doing like a fucking like uh, Adobe InDesign rendition of any cover art is not good. But for nightclubbing, <laughs> oh my god, you <sighs> idiot! Um, it's it's this is uh, Grace Jones, amazing, amazing jawline, like the 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 most like polygonal looking person mm. in art ever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, so, I mean, it's worth just like let's pull up the other album art that she did with Gouda and like just like see what they're like together. So like after this was living my life, which is you say polygonal, yes. Um, this is the cover for living my life. Yeah, like it's Grace Jones belongs in a one to one aspect ratio. It's like it's the it is uh, it, angular centered straight on her. Uh, yes, it's it's Grace Jones, uh, bare chested and dressed in an Armani's wide suit jacket with an unlit cigarette. It's so good. It's so paper. It's so pimp style. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's they and uh the uh, go to do like it's doing this this painting job that literally like turns her like z- like 0c 0m 0y 100k black yeah yeah uh, it's, it's great uh, aggressive seductive yeah. powerful mm-hmm. yeah so can i now read a little bit from Jean-Paul Gouda's wikipedia page absolutely yeah Jean-Paul Gouda was born on the 8th of December 1938 to an American ballet dancer and a French elevator repairman and grew up in the Paris suburb of Saint-Monde. 
As a child, Gouda's mother recognised his natural sense of rhythm, but the most notable characteristic that Gouda acknowledged in his childhood self was a fascination with Aboriginal and black people. From as early as he can remember, Gouda would draw images of Aboriginals and black people and would write stories about the characters he created. For Gouda, Aboriginals were his heroes. He would draw them fighting white cowboys, and unsurprisingly, the Aboriginals would always win. Although he, uh, they were his heroes, black people would soon hold a larger place in his heart. Gouda and his mother shared a fascination with black people. As a ballet dancer, his mother envied the beauty of black dancers as she, uh, she worked with, and described to her son the jet black skin of the chorus girls, as well as the unique, unique ways in which the women could move their bodies. And it continues, like, he... Um, mm. explicitly like uses blackface in his art and his photography. He like talks very explicitly about like black women being the epitome of the sorts of like bodies that he like idolizes and wants to like create uh, create images of as like archetypical or like ultimate forms. Um, like talking like quote Negroid features as the like of like idealized features that she uh, he wants in the women that he photographs. And he just has a career in like fashion photography and art photography, massively collaborating with Grace Jones specifically, like in a relationship, like a romantic relationship with her for a lot of this period. Um, and I will just say like the, the summary book in 1983 of his work to date was literally called Jungle Fever. Like this man is not hiding. This man is not like, like- Dude, okay. you never go back for real. Um, can, God, I also, can I also tell you that there is another very famous fashion photographer, uh, um, another uh, very famous fashion photo that he was responsible for, which I will drop in the chat. I know what you're going to, I know what you're going to post. You know what I'm going to post. It's important for Boo's benefit that Boo sees this as well. It is the Kim Kardashian break the internet. I I knew exactly what you were going to post. This man is bonkers about women's bodies and specifically like, It's like he's bouncing off the walls about this. Um, And specifically, like, pushing racialization as, like, not, like, necessarily always fetish, but, like, specifically as, like, idealizing and abstracting and pulling and contorting to, like, make them ultimate but in hyper-racial ways is, like, that's the thing that is happening here. Like, I don't want to beat around the bush. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like, Grace Jones would not submit to this if she did not, like, desire this way of, like, this strategy of androgyny is, like, the thing that she wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. Gouda can be a shit and Grace Jones could also be a master of image at the same time. I'm totally legit, like, just having that as, as as, like, a, a sort of contradiction that just makes sense. Um, yeah. Like the, the, there is a, a later compilation Island Life that I put the, the album up for In the chat that's also incredible Incredible art This is recollaged photos Of multiple different poses Like this is not an anatomically possible pose It is recollaged Off like I'll see if I can find The original version of it um, Island Oh hang on I got it right here for you Oh uh, Doink 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 yeah, exactly. The like the the image had to be repainted off a bunch of different collaged versions of the oh wow the, the original because like that is again like they're trying to contour and re like recombine uh, recombinate recombinate uh, recombine elements of the body in these like super formal super geometric ways like the thing he is doing is doing that with black bodies because those are the ones that are like physically malleable in these sorts of ways that have the kind of plasticity and the like ability to be formed in a sense 
in a way that like white bodies are too connected to actual humans to be able to do that with. Like mm -hmm. that's the ideological move happening here. Yes. Um, at the same time, like that, I want to flag this. I want to talk about it and like wanted to have brought it up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mm. don't think you can talk about how like stunning these covers are without talking about like, Oh, but you, you gotta, you gotta be like, you gotta be like rotated a little to, yeah. to do these. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I, <laughs> but and the, the, the flip side of that is like nightclubbing as an image, like that cover image is like, it places her in a position of supreme power. Like, yes. yes. It's yes. still at least the like ideological package that like means this is a line of art that Gouda is pursuing is like horrific. The like actual image, like what it communicates in and of itself, I think is like immensely empowering. And um, I like think there are like obvious good reasons why she like picks this as a guy to work with. The, 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 the thing for me that I keep coming back to is that the way that the, the shadow plays off her like chest and neck, like it looks like she has pecs. It doesn't look like she has breasts. She has like, no, it's right. like the muscles. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Everything about this, like evokes the sort of like super classical, um, uh, like I, I want to pull out the term Charoscura, like the like super dense contrast in like, um, uh, like Renaissance pa uh, painting, like this is meant to like display the like beauty and the formal like extraordinary perfection of the human form. It's it's like stunning as an image to look at, and I still can't get around like how should I feel about this when like this is at once like style goals, at once like one of the most like empo like empowered and like stunning visual experiences, and also like. I know where this man is coming from. Yeah, it's where where it's. I I will say it's. I I I can't speak to uh, Grace or Gouda at all, but uh, it's. I I don't think Grace hired Gouda out of like a like out of bemusement or anything. Mm. I think I think the the both of them. I I think Gouda has a uh, has an emotional passion in like black bodies being expressed like this. Um, that I think. Grace obviously sees in the work, um, and is and is interested in in how like that uh, that passion and like like it's, is voyeurism the right word? Is that a is that would that be a it's good close word? to the right word? It feels I like I think so. Where it's like those kind of intersect, but I I think. I don't really know how to end this. I'm sorry. I kind of talked myself into a corner. Um, no, you're good. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I, I don't want to say like Grace did not like find all this stuff out later. Like Grace obviously like looked at his previous work for sure. Like in those, like, again, they were in a romantic relationship. I think she knows intimately who he is and like yeah. what he cares about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that is, that's definitely why I don't feel like I can speak to them. Um, so, so the thing at the very least is like, so we know what the Kim Kardashian image is, like it's aping another one of his 70s images, which is this, like this, uh, this like subject, like black naked woman is like completely un like unnamed, uncredited. There is a kind of like, a, like you said, voyeurism or like an exploitative gaze going on that can affect different subjects who aren't either Kim Kardashian or Grace Jones. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that would be lost is like the inability to 
like find a way of turning this towards the individual's empowerment. Like the ability to co-opt an artist like Gude is restricted to someone who actually has the like both platform and like direct power and performative capabilities of Grace Jones. But also like, you know, mm-hmm. there, there can only be so many of those people in the world. And particularly when like racial fetishism and just general like societal racism is just like absolutely pervasive. Um, and like the space in pop culture for black people is not nearly as large. There can only be so many Grace Joneses. In which case right. everyone else that good interacts with becomes like object of fascination and fetish. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like the it's uh, the uh, the the inadvertent like Gouda cosine. Yeah, uh, ele- it, like elevates them to that exact like, like to that that higher tier of like discussion and also scrutiny as well. Yeah, and and like just d- worth remembering that there will have been however many black people, particularly black women, who have been the the again Gouda's gaze objects rather than like. A subject who he like meaningfully collaborates with and crafts an image that we can actually appreciate on its own terms. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, hey, that's that's the fucking cover. My God, what incredible! It's image. so good. It is. It's, it's, so it's good. like it's I, we it's I all of that context is deeply so deeply intrinsically important to Gouda as an artist, Grace Jones as an artist, and Nightclub and as a record. This cover. It's. I don't even want to say despite it all or in benefit of it all. This is just mm-hmm. an amazing goddamn image. Yeah. Yes. This is when I was like, oh shit, Grace Jones is in that movie. Like, this is the image that comes to my mind before I even knew this album. I was just like, oh yeah, she's the person in that image. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, what God. she looks like. <laughs> I mean, th- this isn't like letting anyone in on a secret. Like, this is like... Grace Jones crafted a lane of like, um, of like, feminine masculine, uh, female masculinity that is just like, so fucking exciting to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is there. Like, there's a reason that Isamiyaki, like, I reference this as a designer so many times because he is like, absolutely my favorite, um, like, high fashion designer. Um, we'll talk about other high fashion designers momentarily, but like. He crafted a whole style in the like mid late eighties through the nineties that like was about like perfecting the business suit um, in large part was about like these like super flat forms about accentuating this like super aggressive super masculine silhouette but like finding ways for that to be like artistic and feminine and like like <laughs> expressive and that um, like Grace Jones is like. A hinge point for all of that ever being possible. Like this is a that's like a through line in like nineteenth w- uh, women's fashion and like the the like move towards androgyny in nineties fashion. But like this is this is like the the like codex for it. This is like how we get. Mm-hmm. It. Pull up to the bumper, baby. <laughs> um. Oh. I will say it's I it's I I did want to get back to cover watch specifically the type job on mm. nightclubbing. Uh, it uh, it changes uh, depending on which variant of the OG one you go with. There's mm. uh there's uh there's uh the one uh Regs has posted in chat here. It's uh I, as an aside, I feel like it's I I don't know about responsibility, but it's I I feel like it's like video versions of hot singles should just have these. Images, because we're yeah, always just like, yeah, look at this. A, there needs to be a PowerPoint. 
Yes. I was I was uh, literally thinking about this five minutes ago. I was like, how do we get people to see this? This yeah. is uh, this is another one that got sent through like reissues, and it's it's this is such a worse type job. I think. Yeah. Yes. Like, it, it's it it makes me mad thinking about it. Like, there's. The, the lines are too thin. Like you, you can't detect like the hard angles of like yeah. the uh, the 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 thicker stroke um, uh, in the in the original one. The um, gaps, and the, it's, the vertical gaps aren't right as well. Like no, the it's gap the, between the, the, the top of Grace's head and the then the text is it, so much smaller than the gap between the text and the top of the image, right? Yes. No, it's you need it. It doesn't. Uh, and also the the crop is also just not good. Like on yeah. Grace either. Which definitely helps with the text thing. Uh, it's and this is a, uh, this is um, this is a uh, this is I always cite that like these two the 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 massive difference in mm. it's like it's it's still between... it's still the exact same like painting it's still the exact same photography like painting by Gouda and it's still it's still striking it's still beautiful but the type is bringing it down like mm. it does not. It does not do anything to boost it the way the the original job of like these these beautiful lines that you could you could see from like a couple of aisles away in a record store. Mm-hmm. Um that it's the 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 two components of this image come together way better than the than the later one. And then the the iTunes one is just a fucking disaster. It's that's oh my god. It literally looks like that they pulled up a fucking like Photoshop template. Yes. And then they were just like, yo, yo. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm this sorry. Just if, like, I'm sorry if Grace is... signed off on that. That is that's that's a that's a whiff. <laughs> it's the cover for any other seven inch that was coming out in 1981, you know, um, not for nightclubbing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's a can I, uh, can I get uh, can I get one dig at humans in on this just while we're still on Grace Jones? Of course. Go you for it. Uh, Gorillas got Grace Jones for a charger. They uh, did. The one of the tracks on humans and Grace does not collaborate with a whole lot of people like these these last no. couple of decades. It's the uh, the the well kind of runs dry at about two thousand and eight. Um, this is this is one of like the only features that Grace has done since then. It's Charger, I think, is the best song on humans because Grace Jones is on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it it doesn't even sound that good. The 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 guitar distortion is amazing. Uh, Grace Grace sounds like like <laughs> Grace Jones sounds like Glados on this song. Like it's like this <laughs> this this evil like like it's overpowering like effeminate confident force. Uh, just like evilly laughing at you over the record like Shodan. Um, <laughs> but uh, then. Uh, Damon comes up. He's like, that's a really good impression of him. It's he sounds like a WarioWare song. Like, it makes me so mad. It's like that. That is it's that that is that's the motivation to even talk about silly Steve or yeah, flimsy Steve. Where'd you go and where have you been? Um, it's that I think is the true despair, uh, like the, the, the disparity between Grace Jones, an artist who has fought tooth and nail, like to, to maintain this powerful, bold, 
iconoclastic image and mm-hmm. Damon Albarn kind of forgetting the entire point of why Gorillaz was a good band in the first place. <laughs> um, truly, truly peerless. Uh, truly, oh man. God, this, that's, a, that's a good fucking record. Oh. God, Grace Jones is so cool. She's very cool. <laughs> so actual thing that I just like reminded of as we were talking, like the, her voice, like we, we talked around, yeah. around it a lot. Like, again, like disaffected, cool, like going towards a quite performative, I'd say a different kind of camp. She is Jamaican. She talks with that like Caribbean British accent, like obviously spent a bunch of time in the US and like, whatever like she still sounds very distinctly more more like yeah like a jamaican person than an american and just like the way in which she like very articulately pronounces stuff like harkens all the way back to like old old cabaret stuff and i think that's a that's part of the cool that she feels part of a she doesn't feel part of a pop lineage she feels just as much part of like a again i say cabaret a lot but like the like attempts to to like bridge art music and um narrative stuff with uh with pop like th- there is something very very particular about the way that she articulates that means she doesn't feel like you can just listen to her like she's a pop musician exclusively like obviously yes. like, the tracks are great but like she can't let you settle when she articulates and speaks the way she does um and it's just like a, an unimpressive effect every time i like hear it and well yeah and the, she, she, yeah, her she, voice... sounds, she, she sounds threatening a lot of the time this is often like a quite like doomy dubby scary album almost mm-hmm. her voice is just constantly carrying like this she could like take off she could do the the disco diva solo like you could mm-hmm. hear that in every moment of this album and she's always choosing not to yeah um in a way that i just find like super compelling like yeah. the the tightness of it, the like choice not to like, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a, really it's just a, like pop a, the fuck off. Yeah, just like it's main, it's the maintaining eye context, it's the focus and the direction and like the like very very deliberate control over it that is just like very arresting. Um, just an incredible performer. Um, I will say if I can find the video of it very quickly, just for for humor's sake, we might even cut this, but um. Grace Jones, hula hooping, diamond jubilee. Um, I got to find the actual one. Um, so you know the queen. You heard of the queen? I'm loosely familiar. She's dead, right? Yeah, very sadly died seven months ago. And uh, Regs, she- Regs, while while we're talking about this, can you put on that insanely dope uh, song that is like apparently to play when the queen dies? It's like the baby, 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 baby. Hang on, I'll link it. Oh, please do. To be honest, every time there is a there's a panic about a royal dying, everyone just brings back the clips of like what happens when the queen dies, but you'll listen to Radio One Extra. Um, like what happens if you're listening to like a pumping uh, like techno mix, or if you're listening to something on the BBC and like they have to announce the Queen is dead? Yeah, in the it's middle of your, uh, like... uh, Sabers of Paradise, uh, Haunted yes. Dancehall. Oh, th- yeah, oh yeah, that that's the meme. That's the meme that everyone goes for. It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's cut all this out and then just start talking about the Queen. Yeah, perfect. Um, just... Autumn, if you haven't heard this, this is like the hardest song of all time. I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm putting it on now. 
This is actually a great transition from Grace Jones into Bjork, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Bjork have I'm, any? Uh, does Bjork have any like acapellas like floating around? Has Bjork uh, ever done like Bjork, a? It's Bjork, you can remix uh, all my music. Not quite, but she <laughs> did do an entire album made out of voices. Like Medulla yeah. is an album made entirely out of her voice and nothing else. Yes. So I, that feels like a starting point. <laughs> um, just to, to like get back to the, the the bit that we were just finishing up on, like. <laughs> Who else? Diamond Jubilee. I'm trying to remember how old that means the Queen was. She is sadly dead. 60th year. A 60th anniversary of her ascension. Um, accession? Ascension? Accession. Um, 60 years being the Queen of a country. That's pretty impressive. And when you're the Queen for 60 years, what you get is you get the honour of seeing Grace Jones perform Slave to the Rhythm while hula hooping. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, what the hell? She's hula hooping and she singing is, at the same time. She is keeping it up, keeping it up. <laughs> this is this was an honor for the queen, not Grace Jones. <laughs> well, they got they have they have this backwards. They should have the queen hula hooping for Grace Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, she can't do that anymore because she's dead. So yeah, you know. she did. She did die. She is dead. <laughs> um, just this is the woman we're dealing with. She is literally unstoppable. Um, thank you, Grace Jones, for continuing to be Grace Jones. Yes. <laughs> thank you for making the Gorillas record good for one second. I mean, I'm not particularly thankful for that, but thank you for everything else that is actually <laughs> to my well-being. Uh, <laughs> Uh, before, uh, it's, it, you could play Bjork over, like, it's, it, you could fade it out as I'm talking about this, but, uh, um, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to Hot Singles the other day. Uh-huh. Where, um, it's, I've, I've had a, um, I've had a bastard of a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am tired as fuck trying to get, uh, like, some, some deadlines in. I'm under an NDA, but it's not, they're not sexy NDAs or anything, they're just boring. Um, so I was like, oh crap, I have to listen to Nightclub and, and, uh, Vespertine. And, uh, I pop up on Soulseek, uh, and I intend to, uh, physically purchase, <laughs> like, copies of these later, uh, cause I'm a, I am a, I am a virtuous little lass. Um, and I search Grace Jones Nightclubbin' and New York Vespertine, which is the album that we are covering now. Uh, is there anything that you guys want to talk about with regards to New York's discography or like your history with New York? I, I've got so much to say about New York, my favorite Icelandic artist ever. Um, famed, famed, incredible um, crosser of genre and form, New York. Autumn, do you have any? Do you have any history with uh, Icelandic uh, recording? I'm, I'm working on in my head. In Hunter Hunter, there's a city called York New, and I'm trying <laughs> to, to like I, arrange the pieces. And it, it's not coming together for me, but imagine together. that the joke did. <laughs> ah, 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 Autumn, it's so good to have you back. Uh, um, uh. 
when it comes to Bjork, uh, when it comes to <laughs> Bjork, um, I, uh, I, I do a lot of shit in my life backwards. Um, uh, it's, mm-hmm. I only, I only watched the matrix. It's, I, uh, I, I came out as trans and then I watched the matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's the correct way to do it because then you can be normal about it. That's true. You know what? That's um, very true. That's I say this true. is another person who has not yet watched the matrix. So, you know, regs, you'd lo- regs. Oh my God. You'd love it so much. Regs. They do it. They, yeah. It, regs. You would have a lot to talk about with regards to the matrix, <laughs> especially reloaded. I think. Um, I, better, I better watch the fucking Matrix then. Yeah, um, it's they're they're great movies. Um, uh, one thing I fucked up on was listening to like singer songwriter, beatless electronic music, uh, without uh, having Bjork as like the 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 landscape. Like it's the uh, mm-hmm. the the soil in which this uh, this this uh, this this genre is uh, is planted on. <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly the reason I picked this album is because I think like Bjork is an artist who I'm shocked that you hadn't listened to a bunch of before, especially given your general tastes. Yeah, it's I um, so much of my so much of my taste is informed by people who like live and die by Bjork's honor. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's Arca, Hemera, Earth Eater, um, like all those all those fucking guys. The general sense of what Y2K is just like bleeding out of homogenic into everything else she did for the next two decades like yes and so, th- th- this this is this particular like subsection of y2k as well like heavy strings yeah um, the, the lots of like indulgent yeah microbeats like yes um we'll talk about all of this but yeah so should we do the intro Bjork, absolutely yeah Bjork, um visionary iconic um much in the same way like we've had we talked about grace jones that wanted to talk about something roughly comparable in scale and iconic nature to Grace Jones. And I picked Bjork because she literally is that. Um, Icelandic uh, a song, a songwriter, singer, and producer. Most of this album, to be clear, is produced by her. Like, she's got credits, but, like, she is an incredible producer, clearly, in her own mm-hmm. right. Um, had a long career in music in Iceland, doing a bunch of mix of, like, jazz and post-punk stuff. Obviously, if Neve was here, we'd be talking about a bunch of that stuff. But like, I'm sorry that Neve can't be on for the Bjork episode, but it goes that way sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, as a solo artist, moved to the UK and started putting out like quite trip hop influenced stuff for the first couple albums. Um, debut and post are the ones that I think got most originally popular, and then pivoted mm. in the late '90s towards like an emerging strain of like glitch and uh, like artsy electronic music helped in part by Mark Bell who was one of the guys of L- from LFO like famous Warp Records um, um, uh, <laughs> the guy what from Enter the Void intro yeah the, the guy what from LFO <laughs> oh okay yeah um, <laughs> L- LFO is like one of the iconic bits of like UK rave landscape um, like he's he's a marker I'm very very sad that when he died in um 2014 like that was a that was a very sad moment um also guys Sigsworth one of the like really important like people in crafting what like sophisticated of the 90s sounded like like Seal uh Bjork Madonna did a bunch of uh, collaborations with Imogen Heap I'll bring that up in a bit like he's been around and he's like very important to this sound um but yeah Homogenic is like the album that like pivots her sound towards like this is the thing that Radiohead were listening to and was just like, whoa, shit, guitars are bad. Let's throw them away. Um, <laughs> that's that's what everybody who <laughs> listens to Bjork goes 
Yeah. Like um, it's... So yeah, it's worth just saying, like we talked about like legendary designers and artists collaborating on artwork. Homogenic was another one of these like all time incredible covers. Um, this is, uh, the fashion is by Alexander McQueen. Um, she's like deliberately yeah. presenting herself in the super confrontational um, like warrior queen pose. Um, the album we're talking about is the the second album in this uh, what I like perceive as a series, which is Vespertine, the Swan mm-hmm. Dress one. Yeah, Swan Dress because um, they got made famous by a Grammy performance where she was wearing this while singing the song "I've Seen It All." From I can't remember what movie, but I don't know any shit about movies, so who cares? Um, uh, I assume it would be Dancer in the Dark, the movie that she did the soundtrack for around this time. There we go. What um, is this? Hot popcorn? Folks, you know, we like to have a little fun here on Hot Singles, you um, know, in these trying times. Thank you for naming my... Uh, thank you for naming my film podcast spinoff. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, am I right in thinking that's the film that La- uh, that's a Lars von Trier directed film? That is a Lars von Trier movie um, that Bjork does the soundtrack for, like right before she does Vespertine or in the yeah. midst of doing Vespertine. Yeah, it's before. Um, and she... famously, she wanted to like choke Lars von Trier to death. He's like a nightmare person to work with. And also sexually assaulted. No, to be really? Clear. Yeah. No, um, it's. I'm just finding out about this Lars von Trier stuff. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, there you go. Um, but also, very specifically, like this is the moment where she's like massively in the public consciousness. She's like had a massive complex run in with a stalker who eventually t- takes his own life, which is genuinely horrible. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And like she is trying to retreat from the public eye. And, like, recover a sense of stability after, like, a horrible film experience, a horrible experience with the stalker. And she tries to write an album about, like, the love that she's falling into and the, like, beautiful intimacy of, like, her home life. And that's Vespertine. And the mad dick that she's getting. <laughs> it's, I, I would literally okay, describe okay, okay, okay. it. I would literally describe it as insane dick. Like, she's... She, Bjorg is spiraling out of control about nuts on this record. So, he's literally spiraling out of control about nuts. I want to just keep that phrase in mind. Can, if this was the next audio podcast, that would be our title. And I'm literally writing the chat. <laughs> spiraling out of control about nuts. Do you know who her partner at this point in time is? Uh, no. I know the name, Matthew Barney. I'm not familiar with him. So Matthew Barney is a conceptual artist and filmmaker. He is best known for the Cremaster cycle. What? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Autumn, are you, if you're not familiar with the Cremaster cycle... Dune wakes up every day and wishes it could be the Cremaster cycle. All right. <laughs> the Cremaster cycle is like variously described as either like modern Ancien Andalou or the most incomprehensible, indulgent piece of like trash, like nonsense ever committed to film. Um, it is a nine hour film cycle about sexuation, basically. Um, the Cremaster muscle is the muscle that goes around your nutsack and contracts to like lift your balls up when they're getting too like they're getting too cold. Like it's about like the descent of the testicles, and this entire film is just like this entire film series is a, like variously in like uh, the Chrysler Building or like on a racetrack. It is like absolute nonsense, but all of it is like meant to be this elaborate story about like development of like sexual differentiation. 
um, with lo lots of balls on screen. Just quite a lot of testicles. Uh, Autumn, um, here's a here's a press photo that I am uploading to the Hot Singles chat of the Cremaster Cycle. Uh, if that will upload, please. Uh, you know what? How about I just... Yeah, there you go. Here we go. Um, um, uh, it's, I'm looking it's at really, a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> I will yeah. say it, it is really funny, and I, I do regret that it's for my for my first spot on Hot Singles, where we talked about I talked about one of Tricks Point Never's Age of that I never brought up the Cremaster Cycle, yeah. which is so obviously a house that Daniel bows down to. Yeah, um, just like the, the the like cream suit bullshit. The like the the. The tap dancing elf or like opera that you can't actually understand because it's in Hungarian. Like the, uh, the it's the uh, the fairy godmother dancing with the Goodyear blimps. Yeah, I'm just gonna link the website because it is again like the most bizarre fusion of like Y2K futurist early internet and like the most insane bits of like bonkers like like Freudian media you've ever fucking seen. It's just so good. All of this to say, uh, Bjork was uh, getting so ruddy with this guy that she was literally <laughs> going insane. She was literally getting the mad dick. But she was literally spiraling out of control about nuts while her partner was also spiraling out of control about nuts. Except he makes the cream master cycle and she makes Vespertine. Um, that's, awesome. That's, that's what's happening in their lives. So, so with that all out of the way... Um, this is a very, very beautiful album about being very horny, mm -hmm. and it is gorgeous. I think this is like, I, I, I struggle to figure out what my favorite Bjork project is. It's very close between this and Volnacura. Um, they are very, very t uh, closely tied for me. Um, so yeah, I, like, I had two um, quick notes about Volnacura. Yeah. One that um, I think Volnic if I remember right, Volnacura is how I got into um, Bjork. Um, same when her, when her last album came out in 2017 utopia, um, a friend of mine, I was, I was very newly out when utopia hit. And a friend of mine told me, if you want to be a real tranny, you have to listen to Volnacura. <laughs> 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 and so I did. <laughs> um, and then and the other, um, how did it go? <laughs> Well, I'm still trans, so... <laughs> um, we did it! <laughs> the other thing about Volnacura... Sh Shinji, that... congratulations, gift goes here. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about Volnacura is that Volnacura is her album about breaking up with Matthew Barney yes, um, 15 I, years later. I so. was going to say there are like genuine moments where they feel like very much a pair. Like, not all the time. Like, they're not trying mm -hmm. to do the same thing. But there are moments that feel like they're paired. But yeah, we, yeah. we can get into that later once we actually figure out what the fuck that's between I, I stole that one from Neve. Neve told me that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how much of uh, uh, Volnacura Arca worked on. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did, yeah. It's that was like, it's Vol Volnacura was basically, like, entirely responsible for... Um, okay, if, if, we're, if we're calling, like... Uh, like the the V Files Yeezus stuff, Act One of Arca, and then the Kick series Act Three, Act Two of like self titled Arca, uh, like Sinrumbo mm. and stuff. Uh, Volnacura kickstarted that basically. Yeah, that's the period of Arca I love the most. I think Volnacura and self titled are like uh, paired as Arca projects that I just think are genius. Like also, uh, uh, <laughs> Hacks and Cloak, 
Um, yes. It's the it's a spiritual Serbian white boy knocking it out of the park on this joint. <laughs> but yeah, like that that is an album like filled with both Arca production and also like that weight and doominess from um from that from that that stuff. But yeah, like uh, as I was saying, like Bjork, uh, Bjork and I, uh, Boo and I have like met, talked about like interludes being the like very abstracted emotional gut punches that sometimes like are the the crucial keys to albums. For me, for Bjork, my favorite track of hers is History of Touches which is this like percussionless, led by like uh, granularized voices, um, just conversation. Like I wake you up in the middle of the night um, to express my love for you, uh, stroke your skin and feel you, naked I can feel all of you. Like that's the first verse. Like, and slowly just like un- emotionally unravels over the course of the track and descends into the centerpiece, which is Black Lake. Like that's an incredible like sequence and an emotional like descent that like the second half of the album have to, has to build back out of. Um, Volnicure is great. I could have talk, brought Vol, uh, Volnicure and talked about it forever as well. Mm-hmm. Vespertine. I was glad we did this. I hadn't heard this. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I thought I thought this would be an interesting pick as well, specifically because also like it, it like matches with Boo's interests so brilliantly. Um, this album, like, it's still got some of the trip hoppy stuff. Like, it's still got some of the like the filtered breaks and the the like the like dis- disaffected English cool about it Mm -hmm. but a lot of it has moved into more abstract electronic stuff and a lot of it's moved into microbeats Um, i was gonna say it's uh if if i can uh if i can like swerve on here it's uh matmos yes uh who in my memory did it's uh this this is uh this is where uh i i think that it's sometimes i feel like people shouldn't listen to me for music opinions because as far as matmos was concerned they did that one really insane remix of uh replica for opn and then that was it that's all i knew these <laughs> that's all i knew matmos by um and then uh now i'm like looking at it and it's like they basically got a lot of the credit for vespertine when it first came out it's like no you doofuses. Yeah, but but this is the thing. Like they ended up getting a lot of the gloss because they were like known as the microbeats people. Bjork programmed so much of this records, obviously with collaborators, but like this is her yeah. like her aesthetic vision. That she what she did was ask the Matmos guys to take samples of household items like clinking glasses and closing doors and turn them into an additional layer of percussion. So like yes, they're splattered across the record in various different places. But like that's the thing. Like. This is an album about domesticity. It was almost called Domestica. Um, it's an album about like the smallness and intimacy and tightness and closeness that somehow like also has a massive fucking string arrangement running through it. But like the mm. the hidden place is like a beautiful example of this for me because it starts off with this like I I was I'm always just obsessed with the, the opening chord um, like the the minor major six. Da, 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 da. incredible like tense anxious way to start an album and that she slight she writes top lines like no one else her, yes her, her top lines yes. are stunning um, Bjork like, should do the soundtrack to a Zelda game I think oh my god oh my god 
It's and I, I don't say that because like oh ha, ha, like Breath of the Wild prepared piano uh, looping like right pieces of uh, the weird like Bjork, but like it's like you going like da 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 and then you go da 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 da. But no, this this is literally it. But like even loopier, even more amazing, even more adventurous, and even more Breath of the Wild in the way like. Like the top line of Hidden Place is just like slides in all sorts of unexpected ways in like this like it's Dorian mode. It's like in places really dark, in places really like bright and like sparkly, and that like allows her to like counterpoint it with this like this like beautifully expansive, expressive, like almost like emotionally explosive. Like Hidden Place to me feels like what happens when you turn like your gaze like interior like what happens when you like inspect mm. your anxious self your your inner self and you find this like gorgeous slightly magical garden inside yourself like that's the thing that is communicated by me is this like the the ability to like find magic in this like beautiful smaller intimacy is like this is what this album is to me um and the the, the progression that arc is like not all of the tracks follow it structurally identically but like that balance between like small intimate tiny internal to like finding in internality like grandness and beauty and sweep is like it's, it's extraordinary i fucking love this album it's so good it's so good um yeah um yeah i just um this feels like the for me, like growing up, like listening to a lot of rock music and a lot of rap music and not being into pop music until I got into college, um, the stuff that got me into college or the stuff that got me into pop music at that time was like, you know, um, a lot of pop singers like finding like random producers and then just like being like, here, make an album for me. Mm -hmm. Um and that entire like genre of music that I feel like dominates so much of the 2010s, um, that is just like the Bjork sound <laughs> to me. Yeah. Except that Bjork is not finding producers. She's like, oh, hey, can you help me out with this part? But I'm going to do most of the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 like, again, like, how, how is Lady Gaga possible? Um, both in the sense yeah. of like, attempting to forge a creative vision around like fashion and like the, the like self-made vision of the artist, but also like <laughs> the, 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 the like flip side of that being like any sort of sense of like challenging artistry and musicality comes out of people who've done it themselves. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this is, this is like the mark she leaves on both like the like, art pop and also straight pop world in my head like her, mm -hmm. her fingers are all over this thing you um boo you were like you you had your little ah, moment when i said the design for the previous record was alexander mcqueen the fashion design at least mm -hmm. um in the vna museum in london the victorian albert museum in london i went to see an alexander mcqueen retrospective and the track that they used wasn't off um homogenic actually it was off vespertine and it was frosty which is this like Music Box, again, talking about the sort of intimacy and like delicacy of the sorts of sounds being used here. Music boxes as a theme keep coming back and like they're part of the like chime world of this album. Like obviously like really small, really delicate, often out of tune with themselves. With this like funky chorus effect. Um, and yeah, like looking through some of the like 
enamel built dresses or some of the Bjork stuff with Frosty playing. That was just like, oh, oh, like this is the, the sound well that she's evoking and like you can actually build with this combination of like sound and, and like visual artistry and fashion. <sighs> um, God, this album's fucking good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think of like, what were the tracks that like jumped out to me on this album? Besides obviously like Hidden Place and Cocoon and Pagan Poetry all like hit because like they're the singles and they're the singles for a good fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I'm trying to think of like, what was the stuff that really like just grabbed me? Um, I've got one. Yeah, go. Um, undo is um what if everything in its right place was out about like the terror of love like that's undo to me um mm-hmm. this like expanse uh, hey autumn you're not allowed to go mm-hmm, there that's a radiohead track you're not allowed to say mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just keeping the conversation going and indicating <laughs> that i'm paying attention of course sorry of course, of i'll course. stop doing that <laughs> um Undo might be one of my favorite ever tracks. It did the, the like weird boxy synth in it. It's a sample from the guy she was working with who is um, uh, Thomas Knack, um, a cool electronic producer. Like I don't think he's particularly remarkable in his own right, but like that's where the sound comes from. And like, it's not meant to be a strife. It's not meant to be a struggle up here. Um, you're trying too hard. Like, uh, like, that feeling the anxiety that comes along with like actually committing to being vulnerable with someone and it evolving over this like slow almost glacial like expanse of square waves is yeah that's really special to me it also follows the model of like starts off with the like tiny boxed in intimacy voices hard panned left and right doubled up mm-hmm. until like just surround you like super intense and super intimate and then just slowly like gets bigger and bigger, um, expands until by the end of it, you've got full orchestra, a choir, um, like it's not meant to be a struggle up here. It sounds so different when it's like being like drilled into your eardrums versus when it's like right. the thing filling your world. Um, and like the plea to just, um, you know, open up a bit. Um, Undo is like one of my all time favorites, yeah. Because cause her album after this um, is, like, entirely, like, human voices. Like, there's no instruments on it. Yeah. And the undo almost, like, sort of starts to hint toward that to me, where, like, all of these are sounds that I could imagine a person making, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, at least in the early parts of the track, as it gets, like, more expansive later on. Like, I don't know. But um, the the core of this track is, like, Bjork and her voice. Yes, absolutely. Can we just talk about how horny Cocoon is? It's like... It's... Oh, baby. Okay. 
Can we talk about the incredible T for T energy of Cocoon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I... <laughs> I know that is a cis person writing about having sex with a cis person, but Cocoon is T for T for me, and no one will tell me otherwise. No one's allowed to tell you otherwise. That would that would be <laughs> transphobic. It's yeah. true. Um, That's Bjork out <laughs> here inhaling beards loaded with courage for real. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like no one says who the beard's attached to. No, <laughs> give me the gold. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. The the thing about this track is always how close mic'd and how intense the compression on her voice is. Like, this is her like whispering into your face. I, I forget, it might actually be Cocoon, I do forget, there's a moment like within like the first like five tracks of this record where Bjork like, like sort of scream sings a note, um, and she like, she like ducks her head back, I assume like, the, so that she's wailing, but you can hear like the muted like reverb of the room that she's in, like bounce mm. it off. Like it's, she's, she has to be in like a room that's not that much bigger than her doing this. Yeah, this is... Um, the, the, the intensity of this album is like again like this is not an album about ramping down personal intensity but it's an album about like finding it in places that aren't in the fucking screaming horrific world and like it's so nice it's so nice she's so good at this yes I think Bjork is probably incredibly good at sex oh yeah <laughs> No question. Yeah, it's. I. I also do think that she's. She like it's. Uh, you know, it's like the 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 um, the South Park joke you can make here is that it's like, oh, she has to like drape flowers and petals on you or whatever. No, I think she probably just does regular sex. No. Do you think a person who uses the metaphor a trail of pearls, cabin by cabin, is shot precisely across an ocean, is having normal sex? Because I, I think, think the answer no, is I, no. I, I'm sorry. I think no matter what, the answer would shock both of us. <laughs> uh, Matthew Barney is definitely doing like Mishima type stuff where he's like killing himself in bed. <laughs> what, a, what a weird, nasty guy he is on this. I'm, I am looking at him from like his weird ginger lamb chop. Uh, look in this cremaster cycle thing. God, Bjork was getting it down with this guy. Um, <laughs> For 15 years. What a beast. That's crazy. Uh, <sighs> yeah, like, I could fucking go track by track, because I, I, like, feel like I have a, that kind of touch on all of this record. Mm. Uh, it's, like, it's probably not necessary, but, like, yeah, they're just, the, the amount of, again, I come back to her top lane writing. I come back to her ability to, like, find the creases and crevices in her cool progressions and, like, fire stuff at, like, completely oblique angles through it. 
um, the amount of time she comes in on a second or comes in on a sixth or whatever. And just like, I didn't know that this chord progression had that like, like that lyrical like line through it. Like something deeply unexpected and like deeply affecting, just like hiding in the background. And then she just like, that's what she chooses and pulls out and turns into something that like doesn't repeat just like evolves over four phrases and yeah i don't think anyone writes top planes quite like bjork and it just breaks my brain every time i hear it what about me <laughs> uh, i think bjork writes no you don't write top planes like bjork sadly sorry to say <laughs> Boys, no <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to I'm going to send uh I'm going to send this uh I'm going to send the voice track in and I'm going to have like a like a, the most obnoxious audacity double reverb on me going <laughs> nut. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it time for a little cover watch? We Yeah. Definitely time for a bit of cover watch. Uh yeah. okay. So, you know, uh Bjork, Bjork Swan Dress that's uh like come on. Like I I, uh, I don't so know. Good. I don't know what you want me to say here. She's wearing a swan dress. Yeah. It's a dress and it's also a swan. I don't know what um, you want. You know, it's uh it's this this record is this record's artwork direction is delicate. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it's there's there's so many like drawings. It's it's all white. The 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 sleeve, the spine, all of it is like all white. Uh there's there's no colors other than basically black or white or grayscale across it. Um and uh you know, uh, across like the liner notes and stuff. Uh they're these they're these very beautiful uh like like ink pen drawings of you know like birds hearts um very 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 like delicate like straight like heart strings that are being like drawn out to create these beautiful like arrangements um and that that if they're either even like looked at too closely like they might snap instantly yeah um, it's so it's so delicate and single line. It's, it wouldn't surprise me if these were all del- like single line uh, illustrations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, vespertine. Literally means what does it mean? It's like in the in the cool evening or something. Yeah, it's of vespers being like evening service in like liturgy. So this would be like evening time or relating to evening time in some sense. Uh, yeah, it's like these, again, like these these quiet, small, small but sprawling. I think like it's these like I I don't I don't think of these as being like on like a painting wall. Like they're they're drawn on the floor. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, drawn across bodies. This feels like yes, some like somewhere between tattoo the, the, line the, work the, as well. The yeah. the 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 most uh, the most like straightforward visual element, which is the 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 swan with like vespertine being drawn out of its beak is literally superimposed on Bjork. Yeah. Um, for the, for the actual cover. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, it's a, it's beautiful stuff. I will say it's, and uh, it's, I, I would like to do a little uh, self plug here. Um, the, the artwork that I do and regs, I think this, I, I think, I think part of your astonishment that I'd never listened to Bjork also like, uh, lies somewhere in this as well. This is a lot of shit that I would do. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a visual sensibility here that, like, I feel like you would really get on with as that, well. That I, it's, I do. I really love the, the look of these so much. 
Um, especially like the the wider one that I posted that that looks like it it looks beautiful and organic, but it's also it's also structured like a machine blueprint. Oh almost. yeah, one hundred percent. So I mean, like the, the reference points I have for this in my head is like it's the like visual iconography of Stanley Dunwood and the like. Shape, yeah, yeah, the sh- yeah, 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 yeah. And then secondarily, like the shape and form of Dali, like and Miro. Those yep. are the two that come to mind. Yes. Like, like gloopy abstract surreal or like either like figurative abstract stuff or surrealist stuff and then yes. also just like 90s like anxiety mechanical drawing stuff yeah both of them very very present yeah that's uh that's uh, that that's all i had on notes i, I do have like a little like a uh, hyphen here looks cool which it does <laughs> Um, one thing I can say is, I don't know if you found out in the research or anything like that, the people who did the packaging design for this are the same studio who, not, obviously not the artwork, but did the design work for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, among other things. Like That, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking about how crazy the lettering is yeah. on, uh, like, you know, MBDTF. Uh, yeah, that tracks. That, that definitely tracks. Just it's, the, the I, design work being this, like, incredibly, like, I, I abuse the word romantic, but it's like very like ornate, very. Like, uh, it's it's a con- yeah. uh, Kanye uses it to to extrapolate uh, also with the condo artwork to extrapolate like this yeah. very this very sense of like gaudy mania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, across exactly. all of it, and that 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 comes across in like the crazy ass production on uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy as well. Yeah, but, th- uh, this is a different register, but like it's uh, yes, it's it's the exact same cut. It's again, it's it's like bombastic mania, but being wielded in completely different ways. Yeah, instead towards like this like intense exploration of the inner self and the like the the domestic self. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <sighs> so good. Um, awesome, 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 awesome. Autumn, did you have any closing notes? No, no, I said what I had to say. I feel like yeah, awesome. Regs, so, any anything to anything to sorry, I literally did just interrupt you, but no, 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 anything to go. Yeah, so just like cool stuff about like where this album goes. Cause like one aspect is like the microbeats, the Y2K, like hyper detailed electronica stuff. Like that is very important to this record and like that inflects so much of what everyone else is doing. Um The thing that I wanted to share was Fru Fru, which is I'm gonna shout out friends, my friends Ode and Seacat, to incredible producers. Um, for putting me onto this record. Um, this is um, Guy Sixworth, collaborator, Bukes, one of Bukes' collaborators, and Imogen Heap, who did an album together um, under the name Fru Fru. Um, one of my favorite tracks off it called Flix. Um, just like worth keeping in mind how much of what Buke is doing here can be reinterpreted as like Sophistapop stuff. Not in the 80s yes. sense, not in the, the like uh, Huey Lewis in the news, the. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, well, not as if <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News are fantastic. This is not the same like I, avenue. Mm, this is that, the that would be an awesome avenue. collab. It's, sorry, just while oh this beautiful God. intro flicks is going, we're just talking yeah. about like yeah, Huey Lewis and Bjork would would that would that would slap. That would slap. Mm. <laughs> no, no, I I refuse mm. to hear anything from the from the from excommunicado gallery over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my show now, Autumn. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'll leave if it means I don't have to hear people say nice things about Huey Lewis. <laughs> um, also, you do realize we're about to talk about uh, Floral Shop, which means like necess- necessarily talking about like the glory of 80s sophistopop. Like that is the thing. I'm, that we I'm have sorry, to do. Autumn. It's, it's hip to be square. It's different. <laughs> Apparently, it's different. I'm not really sure how. Um, but yeah, the idea that that like 
like down tempo. Um, it's like a whole genre that like can also grow out of this like melange of electronica and pop and trip hop. And that like, that's cool too. And that we shouldn't sneer at it because like sometimes it sounds really nice as well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to pull up is just like unison. It's the final track in this record. It's a seven minute track. Starts off with um, Bjork's solo voice, slowly, slowly adds plucks, um, like enters into this like quite slow, considered beat. Um, I never thought I would compromise being this like incredibly like, again, very personally affecting and also small thing that somehow like blows up to be the thing that like sits at the heart of this like massive orchestral arrangement. Um, I never thought I would compromise is like one of the most like stunning lyrics on the record. It's so good. The track I wanted to put up, up against is, hey, uh, hey, you know we're talking about uh, fucking uh, Von Likira. That I heard that I keep hearing this track and I think like structurally it's not identical, but almost identical to Atom Dance of Von Likira, which is the collab with Anoni. Um, also starts off with single voice to lead into like adding plucks adding in like a very considered like static well stayed like formal beat like it's uh, emulating a waltz almost and then like slowly evolves into like full orchestral um arrangement um behind similarly um <laughs> what's the what's the lyric that they end up circling circling back to at the end um, yeah, no one is a lover alone. It's the like, the like catastrophic lyric that you like take from its tiny origin and blow to be the thing that like fills the emotional space of this like huge orchestral arrangement. Um, the, 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 the albums feel paired to me in certain senses. One of the most intense is the relationship between Unison and Atom Dance. Um, but again, like Bjork's been doing this kind of thing in special ways for so long. Uh, hey, I, I think he'd probably get on with only Cure, but... What a fucking good album. It's fucking good. Um, floral Shop? Floral Shop. I'm just, I'm just imagining the intro track playing right after you say that. I'm like, ah. <laughs> okay, to be clear, I shouldn't play Lisa Frank, right? I should play. No, it's, it's got to be the. I, 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 Lisa Frank, obviously good. I think it's, I think, so obviously clearly awesome. But mm -hmm. that, that, that intro track is, I, one of the greatest mood setters in music yeah. ever. I think. Um, it's. I, you could also uh, it's no it's I I was gonna say you could do echo as well but like I I feel like that one doesn't kind of that doesn't that one doesn't really go anywhere in the way that I think an intro track uh, to both a record and uh, three people talking about it should I think it should just be yeah. the opener yeah.
Hey, Boo. Hi. Who's Macintosh Plus? Macintosh Plus? Well, you know, it's uh, how much time you got. <laughs> Funny you say that. <laughs> um, Ramona Xavier. Uh, Vectroid. Laserdisc Visions. Uh, Macintosh Prism Plus. Prism Corp. Uh, CTO and Ray Sherman. Uh, virtual Information Desk. Uh, Pal uh, Palacio Del Rio. Peace Forever Eternal. Vector Drum. Sacred Tapestry. Uh, Distant. <laughs> um, the, I would argue, um, the, it's, it's so much of uh, what I'm going to be saying is the, uh, is, is going to be in hindsight. And I think that that's, that's that is that is that's that's mandatory with Floral Shop and also like spiritually funny as well for for a record that's so like gazing inward. Um, mm. uh, you know, 2011. Uh, it's experimental Bandcamp net label Beer on the Rug publishes. I think the second Victorite album on that label, uh, New Dreams Limited, uh, was the first one on there. Uh, and it's floral shop. I I really don't need to introduce this to anybody. I don't think this is, um, this is the godmother of vaporwave. Like, yeah, it's perhaps the most influential record, um, this decade. I want to say this century because that's that's not a lot of time. Uh, so that's <laughs> it's still accurate. But this album, I, this album's <laughs> like. So much hinges off it. Um, we when we when yeah. when we talk about it's our 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 inadvertent theming for this record is uh, female artists that really like that changed this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I genuinely cannot think about where music would be without Floral Shop, at, like at all. I I don't I I couldn't even yeah. tell you where I think culture would be without Floral Shop. Um. This is it's this is an amazing goddamn record front to back as well. It's you know it's uh it's it's legendary. It's it's reputation precedes it, but its material mm. justifies that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. Holy fuck! This album. I say this every album I bring and every album you guys bring, but holy fuck! Floral Shop <laughs> is so good. Guys, where were you when you first heard Floral Shop? Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Oh, some garbage. Yeah, think about the person you were ten years ago. Well, so ten years ago, like I just was not a, the type of person who was going to listen to this. Um, I think I was dimly aware of Floral Shop when it hit, but it was not like um, I, I don't think I listened to it when it came out. I think I listened to it somewhere. I vaguely recall coming across this because, like, Austin Walker was tweeting about it around, like, the fifth anniversary, I want to say. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, where, like, by the time the fifth anniversary of this album hit, like, you know, I kind of loosely was aware of, you know, the stuff that's being sampled on this, like, Sade and Diana Ross and, like, whoever else. Um, and so... The first time I listened to this album, one, I think I benefited from, like, kind of, like, loosely knowing, like, what this is pulling from. And two, coming to this album for the first time five years after it, I'm like, 
Oh, that's where all this comes... That's why there's fucking marble heads and everything? It's... That's uh, why there's fucking checkerboards <laughs> on every fucking the, thing the, now? Uh, it's the fucking... The... The... Uh, floral shop obviously um, changed how youth culture, uh, like, ages and views this decade. It's, you know, youth culture changes just by the nature of time. But this, uh, this mm-hmm. is one of the hot catalysts uh, for MTV uh, swapping to this net art... Uh, like Tumblr sea punk kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is. And it's that. It, uh, the amount of think pieces I saw on that is maybe more detrimental to the idea of image than the thing in the first place. Um, from, from 2012 to 2015, I was like on Tumblr every day reblogging like 70s comic art, like gifts of PS1 games I'd never heard of. And like symmetrical, um, uh, like uh, hor- hor- uh, vertically symmetrical images of like Sailor Moon, like in Maseratis yes. with lean and palm trees. Yes, yes. And and so hearing this album five years after it came out, I was like, oh, that's why everybody was into the shit that I was reblogging. Okay. <laughs> yeah this this record changed all of it. Because um, you like. There's Echo Jams before this, and that's fucking it. And Echo Jams did not hit like this record hits. It also I, does not like have the aesthetic that this record has. Yeah, it's uh, Echo Jams. I I think there's um and uh this 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 is all of course entirely in 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 hindsight, but I I think um uh, Echo Jam as especially as we as we know uh like. Uh, Dan and Ramona as artists and how they've progressed. Uh, Echo Jams, I think, is definitely a little more not not cynical, but like li- little little more sneering about it. Um, a little more. Yeah, there's uh, um, there's there. It's uh, not to say that you know Floral Shop is like a real uh, wellspring of optimism. You know that first track is that first track for a reason, but <laughs> um, it's a. Uh, you know, it's it it it, uh, in, it intentionally it's it's built around the monotony of hearing it's these these loops so much, like it's mm-hmm. um, like these these very ambient choruses where you're just you're just trapped in this single moment. Um, I I there's there's something more, uh, like exploratory, uh, uh, swaggered and playful to Floral Shop. I think, because uh, Floral Shop uh, pulls. Floral Shop pulls from like, like uh, chopped and screwed in way better ways than like Echo Jams. Yeah, it is often gets cited as doing. Um, yeah, the, the just like it was just dipping before I like do my own spiel about this. Like the first track, the way it does like polymeters, like the one two three, one two three, one and two and one and two and one and two and the the the. the Flick back and forth between meters just based on speed, speed it up and change sampling is just like mind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. Ramona's a fucking incredible musician. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. want that to get lost in this. Like as much as it's about like curation and aesthetics and like understanding how to like manage vibe, the musical stuff going on this record is often like fucking genius, and like mm-hmm. that should not get lost in this. Um, well, the, uh, just one last thing, and then I'll let you tell talk about your like first experience with the, this album. Um, the thing that st- struck me on this revisit it now that I've heard echo jams was that like 
this album lets you hear the sample a lot more than Echo Jams ever does. Echo Jams is constantly like psyching you out with like how it chops up the sample in like different ways and stuff. Whereas this album just like lets you hear somebody sing, which I think then gives it a lot more space to like for all the other stuff that's happening beyond just playing the sample, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. You you talk, Regs. Sorry. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I pulled up the very first Tumblr post I ever made, which was in. <laughs> wow, sorry. That's that's an insane sentence to think about. <laughs> I I know what frame of mind I was in when I made it. Um, it was in two thousand and twelve. Um, so like I didn't quite. I wasn't quite an internet person. Like I didn't like get clued into how to use the internet until like slightly later in my teenage life. But um, aged like 16 or so, I was progressing out of like an obsession with drum and bass to like wider electronic music more broadly and was like figuring out simultaneously how to like be on the internet. Um, The first two years I was on Tumblr, I did not reblog anything. I did not post anything. I just liked content and absorbed. And then two years later, I, I leave home. I go to uni. I'm 18 and realized that like, I have this aesthetic that has been building in my head that's been constructed entirely out of the music that I've been listening to, um, both in the sense that, like, this is a lot of, like, dustier techno and bass music in the UK that is bordering on both the sort of, like, post-vaporwave hypnagogic stuff as well as, like, abstract electronic music. Like, this is artists like Jam City. I will talk about them at some point. I will definitely bring a Jam City record because they're so important to me. Um, Andy Stott, um like Kasim Moss. I'm just naming art- random artists right now that like probably better ways of going about figuring out who would like typify the sound. But the, the idea though was that like trying to triangulate where it was coming from was like part of the thing that I was obsessed with doing because like I cared a lot about music history. Um, it was very, very much also at this time that R plus seven dropped. Um, yep. Um, and that like rearranged what I thought like electronics <clears throat> was about and like became an OPN fanboy. Um, very quickly afterwards, I was also like trying to get, well, around this time, I was also trying to get into music writing, um, writing about albums like Andy Stott's and Jam City's and OPN's, um, like figuring out how internet culture broadly was like seeping into the like, the, the like habitus, the world space that, the, that was getting built up in music. And it was like the first couple posts on my Tumblr blog are Jam City, um, Andy Stott, a bad selfie. Um, this, I will save this, save and share this image because it is important. Um, because this is just the aesthetic, like net art bullshit, um, like blender model bullshit. Um, a photographer I really mm-hmm. like, and then it comes, it is the Takeshi Murata CG set stuff from problem areas is a video. Yeah. Um, and so just like it sets the template for like where my headspace was at was like, Hyper digital, um, like, uh, like unreality is like the, the like entry point to both like thinking philosophically about music, thinking culturally about music, understanding my own place within that, and then also like finding aesthetic avenues that I thought were interesting, productive. Like that hasn't gone away. Like I still think that aesthetically, the things that I was getting into as an eighteen-year-old like fundamentally set what I care about in the world. Specifically, that means that this was not my Vectroid album. Um, it meant that like 
I understood this album. I learned it and I like felt it like integrate fully into my like aesthetic sensibility. And I realized that what I was after was both um, the, the, the um, contemporary Sapporo, which is the like big opus project that comes after this, which is much less abstract, much less doomy and much more about the like, the like gleeful terror of consumerist production. Like it is just to be clear for autumn's sake, it is this album, which follows it. Um, uh, that, is that virtual information desk? Is that the, the full type, uh, name artist, artist name? Is that this one? I can't remember, but yeah, contemporary Sapporo. Um, this is like globalist, like, <laughs> glo uh, like globalist vaporwave is the, the, like the, the lane. It's, it's <laughs> and then secondly, it's home and, um, clear skies. <laughs> yeah which, which are even more brutally digital often like very midi core like this was the the like the lane of vectoroid stuff that i was going for which was like even more pristine even less indebted to chops and screwed even more like hyper unreal and digital mm -hmm. um and this is also the the where i'm like imbibing the tiny mixtapes kool-aid i'm like figuring yep. out like the, the the like the ways of talking about this stuff that like make it make sense to me um and a lot of it is about like less about the politics of it like to be clear like i was fully integrated to, like is this anti-capitalist bullshit takes what i was inevitably coming up with against was like no the thing is like the like brutalist attitude towards media is the thing that's got the cultural commentary not the like the the appropriation of any particular capitalist image or not um yes and that like the 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 the, 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 the like hiding in the background story is like this was the first like bit of I'm not gonna say genre music. This is the first bit of like subculture that I was forming me through, that I was forming like a worldview through that was distinctly mine. Compared to like, yeah, I can talk about both other bits of internet culture. Like fucking, there's a BBC. I, I was literally thinking about this. Like, what are the bits of internet culture that I think are like distinctly mine? It's like BBC Flash games. It's like Adventure Quest. <laughs> it's like Armor games. And like everyone can have slices of that. Um, I didn't feel like I was constructing a self when I was playing BBC Flash games. I absolutely felt like I was constructing a self when I was like figuring out what philosophy books to start reading because I was reading first tiny mixtapes um, and then later like actual philosophy about like media and art and culture. Like I'm not, I don't do that anymore. That's not what I do with my time and my attention. But like that was like a foundational moment that like everything springboarded out of. Um, Vectorid is so fucking important to me. <laughs> Ramona's, mm. the Rona's work is just like sits at the core of everything that I like think is interesting and cool about media yeah uh, it's um, I uh, it's I uh, it's I forget where it was but I went on record as saying like everything that is cool about the internet right now uh, we owe to Ramona <laughs> um <laughs> It's, I have a cringe story to tell. Could I? It's could I? Could I uh, just uh, yeah, do, do my little footnote of where I was when I first listened Please. to Floral Shop? Please. Uh, it's on Tumblr. I saw a. Uh, it's. I love that. Like we're we're all like on Tumblr. Like it's that's <laughs> what a what a beautiful thing. That was that's so beautiful to think about. Uh, somebody made a slowed down version of the Super Smash Brothers Melee Break the Target song. Uh, and I was like, that's a, that. I, lo I fucking love that song and then I hit play and I was like ooh wee and uh, then somebody was like this sounds like Macintosh Plus in the reblog comments and I was like what is that and then I started listening to it and then I fell completely in 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if uh, I I don't know if this isn't or is obvious. I'm not sure who listening to hot singles is privy to this information. I used to make a shit ton of vaporwave. Uh, I was not. I wasn't <laughs> like. A, I wasn't hot to trot or anything. But it's. I was. I was friends with landmark talent. Um, you know. Um, it's. I, I talked with the luxury elite. Um, it's. I was a real. Not. I don't want to say like I was like a barnacle or anything because it's. I. I was nice. It's. I didn't ask for anything. Um, but I. When I when I was like 16, 17, I miraculously had access to just like talking with. Um, my heroes back then, you know, like Liz, um, Telepath, uh, Oscar. Um, yeah, this is just to be clear. This is the bit where like the vaporwave scene was both full of very cool people, many of whom are cool and queer and trans, and also like some royal shitbags who like some of some of like the most annoying bad actors in any internet community ever. It's mm-hmm. li- liking both vaporwave and Homestuck taught me about. Um, like how to behave <laughs> on the internet so easily. It's I I so I I've I picked, never. I so glad I both picked the right one of the two, and secondly was also like a consumer and not a participant. Like yeah, it's yeah. I I, I, I again I was the one making like techno and drum and bass at this point, and not making vaporwave because I thought like I do not I cannot touch those people. They are on the internet in a way I will never be. I I ended up on the internet in a way that they were, but like I, it took some time. I wasn't there yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's <laughs> this, uh, it's, I, I think it personally, it's, I do a floral shop to thank for, um, uh, like it's me being able to not make a complete shitter of myself because floral shop is such a, to me personally, it's so, it's so personal. It's so inward, even though it's, it's intentionally reflecting like, um, American ideas of kitsch. Uh, like product, uh, what is being sold, or like you know memory, etc. Um, it's you know it's it's all about like one person's interpretation or how how the veneer of things like that can come apart um, when reflecting on it for even one bar or two bars or three bars, and then there's a ping pong mm. delay, and then it goes up in a higher key like an SNES synth getting pitched up. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's God. The fu- I I can't stop thinking about the intro track. It's I love all the tracks on Floral Shop so much, but that that intro track I think came to define my decade and how I think about music so yeah. much. It's um, funny you say that because I I had a moment listening to this yesterday where that top line from the second track on this album, I was like, oh, that's the 2010s. Like, that is yeah, the most it's, iconic I mean, like, it's, it's like, I, I, the intro track is one thing, but, like, Lisa Frank is the titan of what we understand about 2010s culture. Can we just, go, can we just, like, go section by section through that track and just talk about what it's doing? Because, I, I, like, I, yeah. I, I did this a couple of times for myself and just, like... So uh, for, for one thing, this is a uh, this is a seven minute and 20 second song that that like frequently puts up like triple double numbers on YouTube reuploads. Yeah. And again, like, yeah. So, th- OK, we've got to the, it, on YouTube uploads like you've said the magic words like this album is like a fucked up, a fucked up reflection on culture just as much as it's a component of it. Like. This yes. album keeps getting taken down off YouTube because Sony and the Diana Ross estate like keep filing like copyright strikes against people who upload it. Um, this album is not for sale anywhere. 
because you can't really make money off something that just like gratuitously samples in this way and obviously isn't cleared. Like it's, uh, I would like to note that uh, it's this this album exists on uh, Ramona's Bandcamp, but you cannot download it. Yeah. it's just online streaming. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- like all the all the physical editions of it have effectively been disowned because like they're not things that she can control and actually claim any money off anymore. Like she's a cultural icon without any like actual like tangible possession or control over what this music is and how it works yep. in the world, which is terrifying. Like should be yes. terrifying to you. Um, it's, mm. I, I have, I have some stuff to talk about that with regards to the cover watch. Yeah. Uh, um, as well. But just, yeah, the, the, the general sense that like at its basic core, this operates as a critique of like sampling culture and consumer culture and consumption habits as much as the like content of it does. Like how this album has existed in the world is just like a statement of like what the album's content is as well. Like it is the ultimate McLuhan-y like, uh, like medium as message thing. Um, it's genuinely astounding how effectively it's like hear every beat that like gets set out as like thought or concept in the in the, the content of the album itself. But yeah, Lisa Frank. Let's talk, can we just talk about Lisa Frank for a bit? Because so the Diana Ross sample, it's amazing. Um, the thing I realized after listening to this track a bunch was that I know the Diana, I listened to the Diana Ross song more than I listened to the, the, the flip of it. For some bizarre reason, I was just like, okay, I know the text of it. Now I need to go and like figure out how it got to be that way. Um, (laughs) It's an incredible pop song. Like people should just appreciate Diana Ross for being incredible pop artist. Yeah. That's, that's blitherly obvious. I totally agree. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like a similar thing we talked about with the the Echo Jams, like for as much as we think this might be a a significantly more interesting project, they both share that like genuine appreciation of like the glories of pop music. Um, Like writing the world's best top line on the coolest synth in the planet um, is a very, very nice thing and people should do it more often and enjoy themselves when they do it. Yeah, like... Uh, um, (laughs) This this top line is so... It's and I, I I will say it's I do think that there's a there's a this this is where I get sort of cynical about um, ambient listening mm-hmm. uh, and like the 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 stretch of like lo-fi hip hop and stuff. There is yeah. it's before before we talk about like the crazy stuff that's going under the hood to make this track as nuts as it is. It's a seven minute and twenty second track. Like you could you could bang out like a homework assignment while this is playing. Like. <laughs> it's it's uh, the the top line the top line rules all in this in this track um, and it's it's got a nice driving drum. It's you don't really have to focus on anything else if you are doing something else if you if you did pick this up with the intent to uh, like do something else in the background. Um, and you know as we talk about you know how, what we think about music in this decade that is that lo-fi hip hop kind of cribbing off this uh I should say like a very homogenous uh offshoot of lo-fi hip hop. Yeah. Um because mm-hmm. that that that's that's a that's that's another subsection that I think of like memory and uh you know fidelity that I think should also be discussed. But I also don't think has you know it's due to the transactional nature of like hip hop production does not have like any landmark records the way uh Vaporwave very clearly does yeah 
um, sorry. It's I, I just wanted to get that out where it's, uh, I don't think Photoshop is responsible for like the, the ambient listening stream focused like vibes trend. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's a I I do think it's worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a testament to the way that the listen, what a certain kind of listener butchered what was interesting about the thing. Yes. Um. So like one of my favorite early moments is one twenty seven or so, where like the intro of the track is just like a slow filter rise to bring the whole thing in. Like, it is slow. It is very deliberate. It is like incredibly measured. The thing that it does is like, one of my favorite bits of looping is just getting the very first syllable of the verse in and then looping the whole thing. Just getting that tiny snippet of voice and then disappearing it. Um, what happens at, what was it, 127, was it? Yeah, 127, like you realize you're actually at the pickup to a chorus. And the cut isn't it's to the rest move. of the it's, it's your move. And then the oh. cut isn't to the rest of the chorus, isn't to the actual chorus. It's to the guitar solo afterwards, um, or at least the, the like, into a bit which has the guitar solo. It's like one of the most subtle anticlimaxes. But just like with a very specific acknowledgement that like, no, this shouldn't allow to take the, st- the, the the structure of a pop track. It shouldn't be allowed to just like crescendo to like, uh, like soaring heights. It needs to defeat itself constantly. Um, yes. It needs to find ways to twist the fucking knife. I, the, one of the- Yeah, the, yeah, you go, you go, you go. Yeah, you just go. one of the first ways to just like, the, the dead cut of the voice and the, the entry of the guitar is just like so good at doing that. And again, like, a couple bars later, it's to do, make the cut, make the loop point two beats into the bar and just like not let you get the like, the glory of that like pop pickup into the, into the next section. Just like all of those little things, like finding ways to like, again, reinforce the fact that you have to actively listen. Like, like to actively jar and like confuse and disorient you. Because like, no, if you try to ambient listen to this, you would end up in a fucking miserable, well, not miserable place. Like I can imagine someone thinking like, oh yeah, it's got 420 in the title, I'm gonna light up, I'm gonna have a really chill time. And then like slinking into the most like, like near marijuana psychosis, like terror hole, because like, where am I? What's going on? Um, and like, it, <laughs> it spins out into places, but like, yeah, the, the like, just the basics of the editing being so perfectly considered, yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about it's uh, as uh, as you know it's like the the uh, the ping pong delay slowly ramps up yeah and then we get to the on da, da, da. Uh, that that loops for a little bit and then the the ping pong delay slowly starts to come back in um, and then uh, it's around like 3:45 it starts to really just blare in. And then uh, it's uh, it, it literally starts doing hard panning a beat over when the uh, the next bar cue should be happening. Yep. Uh, where it's like it's you're shaking this. It, I always got the sensation that you're shaking something really sinister off. Um, <laughs> 
there's a there's a grem, there's a gremlin in the audio player and like you need to like chuck it to, to, to you got to do Tekken combos on them uh, and then it's you go right back into that top line like nothing ignore what just happened you're four minutes into this you're not four minutes into this song you're two minutes into this song that didn't happen and then you get <laughs> I've given up I'm trying to sell you things that you were buying and I've given up and you're like what the fuck that, oh my god the cut on that to not get the pick up into the chorus again awesome like, pulling the pulling the, the loop point just that bit early to like not give you the satisfaction of that again there is a different kind of satisfaction to a loop as the very first one, like I said, with like the satisfaction of getting the snippet of voice for the next section and cutting, where you maintain the beat, but you get the like anticipation of how it would have progressed. And you don't get that because it cuts two beats early. And ah, uh, uh, but yeah, that bridge voice is a thing I, I was telling you about some of my own favorite Vaporwave tracks and like holding back an incredible like top line or chorus moment until five minutes into a song because you can and because like that's the sort of scale that you're working on but being able to know that what that is isn't like like a developmental progressive section in an ambient song no that is a top line that is a musical top line that you've spent five minutes earning the rights to play and in that in this case it's i'm giving uh selling things that you aren't buying um just fucking incredible that the that bridge section incredible and then obviously then it's then you fucking you pay off. It's you. You're fucking. You're Thelma and Louise just clearing off the ramp, and you're flying. Um, <laughs> and it's the the, the uh, there's the top line comes right back in. Um, and it's there's there's such a there's such a passionate payoff to it. Um, God damn, this is a good song. <laughs> oh man. And then you get the, then the ping pong delay comes back and then you get, it's all in your head, it's all in your head, it's all in your head. And, yeah. And I, th I think for me, like, that's, I often, I realized again, like, I've listened to the original more than the, this version of it, which means that minutes two to minute five feel really fresh to me still. Um, yes. Minutes five out still feel just as terrifying and like, like, menacing as I remember them being back when I first heard this in like 2013 or whatever. It is. Mm. <laughs> what? God damn! Um, what an awesome fucking. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I I I really think Lisa Frank might be like one of the best songs in the 2010s. <laughs> I mean, like, cultural document-wise, like, the way that this both, like, sets a template and also is so radically misinterpreted, yes. but still yes. has the impact it, it does, is, yeah, amazing. So for me, like, the, when I think about, like, the format of this album and, like, the tracks that I, like, know inside out, it's the next one. It's title track. Yeah. Yeah, it's this is this kind of like brutal chopping. Um, again, a track that's in, it like feels like 
one might imagine you could slow listen to this this passively listen to this track this track refuses to let you sit down yes um <laughs> it is one of the most obnoxious ways of looping um the the second it's just that second one that that one has just got such the most like obnoxious car hoing noise of a synth at the start it's of the awesome. loop point it's so good yeah uh, again like that love of the really like shitty vulgar sound is like so so good sometimes it's very necessary <laughs> um <laughs> um trying to think other moments on this other moments on this record because there are just so many ah uh, again like i say this is like this isn't even my favorite Vectroid record by a long way. <laughs> no, but it's it's so good. It's awesome. What fuck is you talking about? Because I don't. Oh my I don't know god. any of her other music. What should I listen to like next from here? Oh my god. Uh, you, there is a you, lot. There's a lot. You you literally have like fifteen or twenty albums. Um, yeah. This I, this I, is I, the I, thing about like, you know, I, I joked before the show that like. Vectroid somehow has more aliases than MF Doom. Um, yep. The intimidating thing about getting into Doom is that, like, man put out, like, 40 records, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, every single thing Vectroid has done, basically, is on her band camp. Um, okay. Which, that that definitely did not used to be the case. No, it's really um, cool that it's the case now. Yes, it's, um... If if, if I may, could I could I launch into the, the cover watch? Oh, uh, yeah. Four floral shop yeah. with this, so um, I like. I do I, want to I make sure we like give Ottoman uh, answers. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Out of if there's well, anything else you want to add. Um, I, I, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, what is like trying to map out? What yeah, vector. I just would be curious. Like, what's the three other albums of hers that I should listen to? Um, Hear something like that. Uh, again, like I'm desperately biased. I told you the ones that I think are really great. Mm -hmm. I think. For for like the the wider net that I think you want to catch, if if you want like if you want basically like, um, there's there but there's there's none of them that really do f like floral shop. It's I think initiation tape I think is like yeah. maybe the closest, uh, like in that sphere. But uh, you know v that can cast a really wide net. Like total like tape mm -hmm. uh, like distortion stuff on Neo Cali, um. Uh, um, the the MIDI stuff of Prism Core, uh, Virtual Enterprises. Yeah, um, um, and, and uh, Initiation Tape and Fuji Grid are the two that I think like some uh, again like really wide ranging. Often the other stuff that's in the floral shop, like Surreal Lane, gets more noisy. Um, um, yeah, mm -hmm. for me personally, if you're into something that's similar but evolves it, I Contemporary Sapporo, which is the one I linked earlier, is like not identical by any stretch. But I think it like elaborates some of this in a like a bigger sense. Like it's what mm -hmm. it's aiming for a okay. different stage, but like uses something similar. And then just um, the, the, okay. the the last two, just scenes of Thetica and Earth and Sick and Panic, just like where she is now, and they're like kind yes. of remarkable. And um, there's a it's I just realized uh, Midnight Run is not on here. Uh, hang on. It's does do they have is that might be on Cidic's uh bandcamp. A uh, Midnight Run is a rap album that Vectroid produced with uh Cidic. Oh my god, no, this isn't on uh it's not on Bandcamp anymore. Uh, is it on Spotify though? It does look like it's on Spotify. 
Okay. Oh, weird. It's I, I I think I think these two had a falling out or something. Like it's there there's like a deadline that like one of them needed to hit or something. Um, it's most most mention of like Midnight Run and Cidic and Vectroid working together plus future plans has been scrubbed off the internet. Um, I don't think there's any like real drama here. The same way people want to fall into like floral shop controversy and whatever. I think it's just like they just stopped working together. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, um, I did, I actually did realize, like, I do want to talk more about the tracks on Floral Shop. Oh, yeah. We could just uh, do that. Th- yeah, we could just do that. Um, it's, hang on, I do have to, I do have to translate the, uh, the, Song the kanji on this one. Yeah. Uh, Mathematics, track seven. Um, every, I think this. This record, I love Floral Shop. I, I, sorry, I love Lisa Frank. I love, I love the title. Um, Echo is also like a really amazing one, and the uh, I Can Be Your Hero flip, also so fucking sick. Uh, this is where I think uh, track seven is where I, I really realized uh, like what I love about Vaporwave, uh, what I love about. You know, it's like the the idea of reflection in music. Uh, this it's a it's it's so slow. It's a it's a seven minute track. It's so goddamn slow. It's a uh, these really uh are gonna they remind me of a uh, they remind me of Cocoon actually like the really like weird low pitched percussion stuff on the start of this. Yeah, just to tie mm. back into the Bjork stuff. Uh huh. Uh, but it also sounds like I don't know. It sounds like something that could be sampled from. Like any Squaresoft JRPG, like it sounds like it sounds like Parasite <laughs> Eve to me. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's you know it's it's uh you're you're kind of just in this really like slow space for the first minute, and then this oh the, sorry just the saxophone just kicked in. Yeah. So the, the, um, so if again like I'll sell um, contemporary Sapporo even harder like that is exactly the vibe that made. Contemporary Sapporo, like my Vectroid album, um, the like sludgy like love of. Uh, I'm, I'll just try pull up a track or two because I was flicking through it earlier to remind myself of how it's structured. Um, where is it hiding? Um, Ruby, yeah, Ruby Dusk. Um, this is my shit. Uh, this is just like stunning to me. Um, this feels like it, it could be a cutscene from Final Fantasy X, and it could also be, <laughs> it could also be like, I don't know, the the sentimental backing track from a like a telenovela, and yeah, it well it gets there by the end, um, or it could be shopping channel music and triangulating the emotional depths that are registering between all three of those is like this is this is this is internet culture to me yeah it's i i do also think it's uh this 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 one that i uh it's mathematics yeah uh it's this uh this blows uh basically everything uh uh justin vernon has done (laughs) with like the 22 a million stuff yeah uh, and the I comma I stuff. I love those records so much. This uh, this is still the champion of like weird machine based saxophone soundscape stuff. 
Um, this this is where I I think I really fell in love with music for the second time. This second track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like it's. Oh man. I'm just I'm just letting it run in my headphones right now. Yeah. It's so nice. It's I want to make music that sounds just like this. Yeah. Again, with my like, <laughs> with my like brutalizing samples and also like f- pulling out the uh, appreciation. We mentioned it earlier, but track four, um, library. You need a hero. Just how, yeah. just how like fucking greasy. I don't know. Is greasy the right word? Like greasy usually means a different thing in my head, but gummy. Yeah. It, it feels like this. This. This is like. The synths feel like they're literally being stretched like taffy. Um, the, the the pleasure in the sound is just like palpable. And again, like knowing the way that that just needs to like go through that rise in the middle of the track, um, and it actually hit the chorus. Like this is the moment where like no, this is a pop moment. You need to fucking play that chorus and like blast it. Is This is a good fucking album. Also, uh, it's uh, if if we want, it's again all these songs landmark. If you have not already listened, if you're listening to hot singles and you have not listened to even one Vectroid song, how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm curious. How did you get here? <laughs> what the hell? Um. But uh. If if I can launch it to this little thing that I have for the cover watch, yeah. So I'll, um, I'll, I want to do another track shout out, which is aviation. Okay, okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Variously, either standby or aviation. I think it's aviation on the Bandcamp version. Again, like I think this is a Sade chop. Um, I think so. Yeah. Just again, it feels like this should be the fighter select music for a or like the, the level select music for a like a very cool racer. Or the fight, like the fight you select music for a very, very good dodging game. Um, and then, like, oh my god, again, like having that, like, retro internet, well, retro technological thing, but also, like, plumbing the emotional depths of it is just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, I could just scream about how much, how formative this, like, this approach to finding the, like, that like, I don't want to say sublime. It's not always about the sublime. The pop stuff often is about sublime. This is just like the like precious beauty and delicacy. It's like stuff that is literally the the, the, the arse end of the internet. It's like so precious, such a like a wonderful attitude. I'm so grateful to have it, but yeah. It, this album taught me so much. Like that's what I'm trying to get out, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, cover watch time. <laughs> Uh, there are, uh, there are, there are two covers to Floral Shop. There are indeed. Um, one of them is the, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the one that I think is still on a bunch of uploads. It's, it has the title Mac plus, uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, what is, what's the, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's when, uh, it's when Google translate it's, uh, katakana, I think is the simplified form of Japanese. Oh, that, that, uh, like, yes. yeah, that, that basically, that is basically just like, uh, like, uh, 
like romanized phonemes given like a single character each. Yeah, it's it's um, for tr- uh, like tran- like transliteration. Yeah, that's the it's yes. the the uh, syllable set for transliteration. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, uh, it's got got the bust of Helios on it. Um, and uh, it's you know in this uh, this liminal landscape with depth to it. The 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 black checkerboard. The black checkerboard mm-hmm. uh, like splayed down has like JPEG compression uh, like lighting on it, which makes me think that it was just like masked out uh, and just used as that. Which, which I think is 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 very darling, and there's this, uh, you know, this this hotel television ass uh, 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 image uh, behind Helios uh, portrayed, you know, just perfectly. Uh, it's a, an an ideal like liminal image that 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 would resonate with like a newcomer's um, uh, understanding and approach to vaporwave, and as as Floral Shop continued to grow and grow in popularity, um, it's, you know, none of this is, uh, you know, it's th- there's no written record of this or anything, but I think it's it's very obvious that, like, creating something that, one, is so influential uh, to, like, lots of culture and that it can get wielded inappropriately, such as, like, with the C-Punk stuff and, like, the very, very early examples of, like, Fash Wave and Nazi Wave that would start to come right. up around the start of the decade. Um, I do I do not blame Ramona, uh, who, again, an electronic trans woman musician, um, mm-hmm. for going basically dark. Um, there's, there's a, there's, uh, there's a, you know, there's a couple of Lucys that are floating around on Vex SoundCloud um, that, you know, that she had, like, they, they get slowly, you know, um, it's like more and more droning and sadder. Um, and you know, there's, there's some fashion collaborations, uh, floral shop. It's, it's like Helios is reimagined as this, this sinister terminator. Hang on. Let me see if I can. Oh yeah. Find the, um, this. The, this period of our work is what's it? The, um, sleep line and this, yeah. Floral this... shop. Uh, floral shop. Like it's, I can't I can't find the the floral shop shirt. Uh, yeah, no, I remember exactly what you were what you're referring to because it came out around the same time as like Sleepline was as a as a look, which was like very st- still very like eighties, but like black and deep reds and oh, just put the Sleepline on. Like, for... I was gonna say, hang on, here's a it's a here is a uh da, 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 da. here's like a really crappy like JPEG mock up uh, of like. This yeah. stuff that Vectory could sell. There was no advisory thing on this, but like it's Helios imagined as this very evil, sinister Terminator thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's and no mouth on it as well. Um, after I think around like 2016 was like the real breaking point, like very early 2016 or like late 2015, where Vec went like completely dark and the face of Helios was removed from the from the cover art to to Mac plus uh, and uh, star calc and poly travelers as well had two human subjects on the record. And they also, uh, they also are, were like clone brushed out. And I think about that a lot. It's I, 
a I I don't have a lot of you know like it's th- this is not like the backdoor gossip Vaporwave podcast thing, but I I think it's very easy to put two and two together as to the state that someone would feel like that they need to scrub all identifying like humans off a record. Um, right. And you know, the, the sands of time as, as ever they loop, uh, they do wash away. Um, and, uh, Vec has kind of come back in, uh, I, it's, I don't want to it's like when, uh, Vec has come back, it's, uh, Ramona is now a public figure. Ramona is VTubing, uh, doing, um, I- amazing work, um, right now. It's really very fully self-actualizing and Fl- floral shop is never like a cold spot in the room. Um, whenever, whenever like Vec is asked to talk about it or something. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think she's moved on from it. Um, yeah. but is is also like not, 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 uh, not against like cheeky references, and the the new Vectroid album is in fact going to be a Mac Plus album. Yeah, it's it's really um, interesting. So the, like I can talk about this a bit because like I've been hanging around those streams. I I like I feel honored to say I call Ramona acquaintance now. Like other people are closer friends or whatever, but like mm-hmm. it, like I get to sit in those streams and like have conversations and see what she's up to. And some of that's about like just where's where's her headspace and like what games is she playing and like. Some of it is about like what's her production like. So the the first thing is like, Mac uh, like Floral Shop has become less of a like a artistic like like reference point and more of like a practical concern where like the managing the money stuff around it, managing the copyright stuff around it, managing the legals around it is like a practical question in your life that you have to negotiate and also sometimes use because like. That whether it's like clout or authority or like a sense of ownership over it, you need to be responsible with that. Um, I think that's just like a present concern. The other thing though is that like she just does, doesn't use samples now. She uses like drum machine clips and synths. Yep. That is just like a complete decision about like, I do not want to put myself in a position where other people can have control over like my musical output. And the way I can do that is by not right. sampling at all. Um, like that still doesn't mean that she has like stepped away from a love of this sort of like attached to source material. Like the thing that's currently going on on our Patreon is Kmart tapes, which is a while ago, someone discovered a bunch of VHS tapes that I think VHS tapes or whatever that would get played over the audio systems in Kmart stores, just a massive like repository of them and put them on archive.org. And they became effectively like the like um, origin text of a whole new wave of vaporwave that like people would like look through the stuff that is like already crunched in this like classic audio on tape format um, already like captures the sound of like the like late 20th century consumerism in a bottle has ads baked in it's great um, obviously Ramona was pretty captured by it too what she's doing is like a series of mixes that like take the best bits of music best bits of interstitial content and like recontextualize it do creative things with it uh, chopped and screwed it like she is still doing that work it's just not work that she can ever yeah, like, say is her I, own I wanted yeah. I, it's uh, it's you know it's it seems like a like a you know it's it's obviously just like a fun little like side thing for Ramona to do but also, I think if there's anybody I would trust with curating that kind of thing, exactly, it's yeah. 100% Ramona. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> at the same time, like, the original stuff is, like, I go all the way back to some of the very early Vector Drum releases, like, the early, early stuff. And, like, I don't yeah. know whether she'd say they're, like, her best work or whatever, but, like... Um, I, I think on her Bandcamp, it's, like, more old shit. 
Yeah, uh, like um, is the description more for one of them. Which yeah, is more. more from the archives on the on the uh, Capitol's window pane, which is genuinely a record I really like. And like I think about um, Aurora Vertex is like a track that I really love. It's clearly someone like working out how to Orteca. Like that's a that's a thing that's going. Uh, hang on, on. yeah, uh, Geese Vector Drum, more shit from when I was sixteen. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's it just a reminder of like, yeah, she's just a fucking excellent producer and has been forever. So like, yes, that's just a thing we know. Um, but yeah, like the sound is coming back to IDM. It's coming back to dance music forms. It's coming back to the vulgarity of like original MIDI source stuff. A lot of it is built around the classic Korg um, uh, M1 synth, which is, I've mentioned it previously on this pod, but like, the the most like magical rompler based like micro sample and loop based um like uh synthesizer and workstation that like in 10 years time like this is what this is the thing being sold from 88 to 95 in 10 years time these would be the tritons that like uh would be all over like neptune stuff like that classic really like plasticky synthetic sound that defines like great r&b and hip-hop this is the predecessor, so it's even more digital, slightly more like late 80s in like origin. Like that's the sound world she's working in, often getting really noisy as well. Like the thing is, like, the emotional headspace differs from project to project and track to track. Like you can feel there are differences between like what's a Mac Plus track and what's a No Earth track, and like um uh like the the whole sense of it being that like there is a continuity running through her understanding of like how these albums work like the emotional spaces they're trying to like pull out and the and the like strategies for getting them and she knows this it's just she's doing it a different way there's a reason that sick yeah. and panic is a mac plus record there's a reason that no earth won't be there's yeah. a reason that like the next mac plus album will be a mac plus album like however it works like i tr genuinely trust her vision because like i feel like it's played out in everything she's made before that like there are reasons why things are arranged as they are um, and they, they make sense in the context of like an artist with like a massively ranging taste and also massively ranging like desire to use different techniques and approaches and genre to like do the thing she does. <sighs> Man, we've been going for two and a half hours. Yeah, I, I, knew, yeah. I knew this was going to be a monster, <laughs> but like, that's, that's oh man, <laughs> it's happy 10th to Floral Shop. Happy like, 10th anniversary to Floral Shop. Jesus. That's. Man. <sighs> Anything else to cap it or are we done there? I got nothing. I, I said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, I, it's 11 p.m. <laughs> and I haven't had dinner. I kind of need to eat. Oh, my God. Yeah, you better eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, I do want to say, like, I don't, we, haven't, we haven't made actual plans, but um, are we, how are we feeling about penciling an end of year episode next week instead of a, an actual recording? Is that a thing? that Let's we, do that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Regs, other than the kitchen, where uh, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter, at Regression, with three S's. Don't forget the third S. Um, Absolutely not. That's me. Uh, Autumn, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Autumnal underscore coffee. ExportOdd.io is the Patreon. That supports... Uh, if uh, It's got a list there of all the podcasts you can go listen to all the free feeds you can give us a dollar a month and you can get um a bunch of the podcasts early like you can get this podcast early or you can get gotham city limits early or ornate stairwells early and for five dollars a month i haven't talked about this on hot singles yet you can get uh 
Pop Town Funk, Nora and I's new podcast where we're rolling random yeah. Funko Pops and then have to watch movies <laughs> that inspired those Funko Pops. Yeah. So. You've made me download Princess Braid, so this is it works. It works. Yeah. Our oh, first that's... episode is up for free. It was about the Princess Bride because we had Andre the Giant Funko Pop. Our next episode is going to be about um, a goofy movie because we got Max Goof. Um, so, wait, it's ha- gonna... hang on. Is, <gasps> is Max Goof in any of the Kingdom Hearts games? Nope. Uh, no. no, no goofy no. movies. I don't think it's. It wouldn't fit. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I, I, yeah, it was worth asking. I just want to check. You know? Yeah. I will say it would be cool. It's uh, like it's all of a sudden like it's the the. It's, sorry, I'm I'm literally yeah. just yelling about Kingdom Hearts now. It would be kind. Of, it's I think it'd be fun to have like a focus on some of your party members. Like if there was a Ducktales world for Donald as well. Um, that would be cute. Because because otherwise like they're like they're literally just useless. Donald doesn't heal you. Goofy does insane damage for some reason, but like never when you want him to. That's there it. is a Roxas Funko. I didn't realize. This. Oh my or is there? god! There's not. What would you? What would you? What would you? If you rolled Roxas, would you have to watch uh, like 358 days and a half all cutscenes, 4K upres HD on YouTube? <laughs> I assume that's what you would do. There's a Sora Funko and there's a Roxas Nendo. That's the thing. Sora oh, Funko would god. probably be like recoded or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't. We're gonna have to decide a lot of yeah, stuff it's, case it's, by case. Yeah, but, um, I'm sorry. Like we're just. Wait, um, we're doing your podcast for you. <laughs> we are. Um, no, no, no. I, I think a lot about... Because there's a lot of video games on that fucking list. We're going to have to figure out some way to talk about video games. Yeah, like what, um, what fucking Halo thing are you going to do? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Don't. Well, there's that Halo anime stuff, so that's... There that's is Halo settled. anime stuff. It's You just do like the three Neil Blomkamp uh, movies, and you're like, fuck, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, you do District 9 with Master Chief. Oh, <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. This um, is brutal. Hey, Boo, where uh, are you on the internet? <laughs> hey, Buchanan. Uh, where can we find Buchanan? Buchanan, that's a great question. Uh, anywhere where you can type in at, and then you just put B-O-O-C-A-N-A-N after. That's You basically got me. It's I'm on Twitter the most often. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Buchanan, Buchanan.bandcamp.com for my music. Uh, and Buchanan like slash creator dot spring or whatever for my for my uh, like my my designs and merch and stuff. It just just search up Buchanan Teespring. Like I don't fucking like that URL. It's stupid. <laughs> it's it's stupid. Um, yeah. That's everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, tonight for this gargantuan uh, hot singles episode. Long episode. <laughs> Hey, I mean, like... We, it's it's we, necessary. It was necessary. It was necessary, and also, <laughs> we picked the fucking albums we picked. Did, did you not expect it to be a fucking monster? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's just how it goes. Yep. Yeah. Take care for now, everybody. Until then. Yeah. Bye. Holy smokes. <laughs>